Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. The top 81 billionaires in the world have more wealth than 50% of the world's population combined. That's 4.6 billion people. So 81 people have more wealth than 4.6 billion people. We already know that Elon Musk is planning civilization on Mars. Uh, We just covered that Mark Zuckerberg and his wife are planning to eradicate all human diseases by the year 2100 by using artificial intelligence. And we talked about potential technology to make humans immortal. So it's pretty amazing and discouraging when I go on social media and what I see is 
debates about fantasy football. <laughs> um, said rapper having beef with said rapper's husband. Food debates. Fashion debates. And a bunch of other random nonsense that has no real significance in in life. And it, this is happening in real time right in front of you. And you're being consumed with so much nonsense that you don't even, even have any concerns or cares about it at all. And it's like robbing a bank right in front of you. You don't even have to actually hide things. It's, in, it's done in plain sight. We back. All right, guys. Welcome back, Market Mondays. You know what day of the week it is. Special edition. We have a special guest. Yes. Um, that is very insightful and uh, very important information. And very timely. Yeah, for sure. Very Absolutely. timely. Um, so we're not going to waste too much time. We want to give the information and then we'll bring on the guests later. Uh, but first and foremost, want to give a big shout out to everybody at Revolt World. That was um we did that last weekend in Atlanta. We got to interview Lauren London. That was a great experience for us. Everybody knows our relationship that we have with all money in and how we felt about Nip, how we feel about Nip. Um, so that was like the last person in the in the inner circle that we hadn't connected with. We connected with all of his friends pretty much, his brother, mm -hmm. business partner, um sister, you know, real estate uh business partner. Um, but we we hadn't connected with Lauren London. Um, so to connect with her, it was a really dope experience. She's a very, um, you know, uh, spiritual person, very like, you know, in her vibe, um, yeah, calm demeanor down to earth. Yeah. Um, and so we just had a great conversation. Yeah. We had a great conversation before we went on and then we had a great conversation on stage and then we had a conversation afterwards as well. So very, yeah. um, very dope for us. So we want to thank, Revolt for setting that up and also want to thank Lauren for being gracious with her time and for trusting us with that conversation. She doesn't speak um, often, hardly ever speaks in yeah, public. This, that, um, she said it was her first public speaking engagement, which is interesting. Really? Yeah, it was her first. Uh, she was a tad bit nervous, but uh, I told her, we, we sat backstage and like, we got you. We're going, this is a moment we've been waiting for. Um, and we heard, hold her in such high that we want to make sure that the moment was right and uh it was amazing uh woke up the next day thinking about how amazing it went and uh how tapped in she is to what's going on how tapped in her children are into to finance which is dope and uh I'm, we look forward to doing some more stuff with her. yeah shout out to lauren london for yeah, sure shout out to her. and um this week for earn your leisure another missile will be dropped tomorrow <laughs> eastern standard time we got the invest fest conversation with Rich Paul and Junior yes. Bridgman dropping one of my favorite parts of Invest Fest. Um, we're speaking about that a lot. So that that episode comes out tomorrow. YouTube, all podcast outlets. Rich Paul dropped tremendous game. If you don't know who Junior Bridgman is, do your research. From my hometown, seven hundred million. He's from your hometown. Yeah, East Chicago. Oh. Yeah, uh, worth about seven hundred million dollars. Give or take. Legend, <laughs> legendary in his game on on his way to a billion. I'm sure. Yes. Um owner of ebony uh owner of uh was the largest owner of wendy and chili's franchise in the world yeah owner of coca-cola distribu distribution centers now in yep. north america 
just a tremendous yeah. entrepreneur. Um, so that was a dope conversation. And of course, everybody knows who who um Rich Paul is. That uh, it kind of goes without saying. Yeah, and we're gonna do something, we're gonna do something really special, really special for the people that attended, everybody that's listening right now. Rich has his autobiography coming out October 10th. Lucky me. Shout out to Lucky Me, shout out to yes. Clutch Sports. And so we're gonna do something. We partnered with Clutch Sports and, and Rich Paul. We are giving away 500 of his books. 500. All you have to do is go to earnyourleisure.com. Hit the Rich Paul link. There's a tab. It says Rich Paul. Just click that, fill out the information, and you enter to win 500 books. Uh, it's an incredible. I have read the book. His story is incredible. Uh, if you were at InvestFest, you heard a, a glimpse of the brilliance that he has. There's more inside this book, October 10th. Shout out to Rich and uh, shout out to the whole Clutch team. Yeah, so lucky me. Go get those books. Go submit your information right now. So, yeah, giveaway. Rich Paul, we're giving away his books. And, um, Rich, what, what we doing, man? We doing EYL Clutch. <laughs> long overdue. EYL Clutch, man. Let, let's, let's get these home deals team. done. Let's, home get, let's get these deals done. And the man. audience may not notice it, but the curation for the athletes of what to do now with Rich and post-career with Junior, that's... So I got to give you all credit for putting that together. People may not <laughs> always see the work that goes behind, and they think you're just putting people together, but you're really given a 25 to 35-year plan of what to do if you're an entertainment or athlete. So... Well, job and just curating that together. Yeah, and I think the, that's the first time that they actually met. And so, Richie, really, yeah, he said during their interview, it's the first time he's seen him in person. But he's somebody that he's been following and studying for years, just because of all the business acumen that he's displayed throughout his post NBA career. And so, it was yeah. dope to put them together for sure. Um, and then Chicago, yeah, um, we got some some announcements that we'll be making soon about Chicago. We mm -hmm. getting up for it now. It's almost. Uh, four weeks away. We in we're going to be in October next week, so um, we're going to start really focusing on that. So October twenty second, we will be in Chicago, Market Mondays live, um, final leg of the, of the Market Mondays World Tour, Midwest first stop in the Midwest, first show that we've ever done in Chicago. Mm -hmm. We're going like I said, we're going to be announcing some things, um, but get your tickets. Don't wait to the last minute. Shot Town, um, see you soon. October 22nd, get your tickets to Market Mondays Live, October 22nd. And then if you are in Ghana, uh, meet us on December 27th for Market Mondays Live. It's the last show of the year in yes. Accra, um, in Ghana. So if you're going to be in Ghana for the end of the year, mm -hmm. then um, you might as well pick up a ticket. Why not? And uh, hang out with us. We're going to have a night to remember. That's going to be a legendary situation as well. Yeah, and I will be doing a cash giveaway in Chicago. It's only right, being that I'm from the Midwest. Uh, I may do some call and response, and you know, if you respond early and with energy, I'm gonna get some cash away. Energy is always rewarded. Yeah, it has to be. We <laughs> got reward the reward the right energy. Yeah. So, all right, Ian. Any announcements? Stock club call will be this Wednesday. Um, I had a great time in Revolt, uh, even though I, I didn't get a chance to go on the day I was supposed to. But shout out to them for handling it well. Um, shout out to the Tavio, you guys, 19 Keys, Ross Mack, Jeezy, uh, everybody I ran into there. So yeah. I appreciate it. We'll be back. We'll be back in Atlanta this weekend. For sure. A3C. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I will as well. Run it back. Run it back. Right. We'll be back. It's the world tour inside of the world tour. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep up with these guys. Yes. Y'all know how this works, man. Do your own research. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It is very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find on our show. 
and wish to rely upon, whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise, please do your own research, share the research. If it's great research, give credit to the people you found it from. Share, spread, love. That's community. Yeah. All right. So let's get into this. Um, NFTs Ooh. reported this on the other day that um, 95% of NFTs are currently worthless. Uh, stark drawdown from the glory days <laughs> a few years ago those days? when things were running rampant and people were buying board eight yachts for six hundred thousand uh, dollars um yeah. so board eight six hundred thousand um so the nft market looks like it has um i don't want to say collapsed because there are it's, it's not dead completely mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um definitely vital signs in a danger area danger area for sure yep. but we also saw the same thing with crypto if you really think about it um you know around 2017 2018 when a crypto crashed and probably i don't know the exact percentages per se but i would say probably around 90 percent of cryptocurrencies were worthless right yeah. but crypto still here yeah. ethereum is still here xrp still here yeah. bitcoin still here so um, it didn't that didn't destroy crypto. And we also saw the same thing with the dot com boom. I don't again, I don't know the exact percentages. Yeah. But a large Amazon portion was down ninety percent for sure. A large portion of those companies fell apart and fell off the face of the earth. Um, so okay. So what is, what does it say about the current NFT market and where are we at with NFTs? Right, I'll just put some context behind the numbers. So we have out of the seventy three thousand two hundred and fifty seven NFT collections. 69,795 have a market cap of zero ether, right? Mm. So not dead, but doesn't look pretty. Of that number, approximately 23 million investors own these tokens with no practical use or value. So mm. dead, no. Trouble signs, yes, but I, I like the comparison that you just said with the cryptocurrency and the dot-com. It's about finding which companies over the next five to 10 years will be the ones that stay around, which ones have practical use, which have functionality that can sustain over time. And so that is, is looks like what has happened here. Um, but I don't think the technology is that. I think that's the key part that people really need to remember is that, yes, that this case scenario has looked gloomy, but the technology, when it's done right, will be here. Mm -hmm. You can go, Ian. Um, I know everyone thinks that I'm going to come on and say I told you so I'm not. When Jordan hit the game winner in game six over the Jazz, he just shot the ball, let it go in, and went back down court. Um, I'll say this. Too many people copied Board API Club and CryptoPunks as a grift. I know that's a favorite term going around on the internet. Um, number two, I agree that most spaces, when they're not valuable, will draw down 90 to 95%. And my main thing that I was saying in regarding NFTs is that most of them have no value. The underlying technology is amazing, but thirdly, uh, even though some may not want me to say this, a lot of the banks and major institutions were complicit in maybe having this market draw down so that they, they can come in and then put your, their projects on certain pl platforms and allow them to do incredibly well. Um, but the bigger point is like most companies that have no use cases, that have no real world resolution, don't solve a real problem, does not speed up revenue, top line revenue, bottom line revenue does not give you higher net margin, does not make the lives better for those in Asia. 
United States, Mexico are going to fail anyway. We'll talk about IPOs later, but I think the bigger macro picture that we're looking at is that when you launch a project or a company at the tail end of a financial boom, which was quantitative easing from the time Obama got in office until 2021, when they started to tell you that they were going to tighten, you have to know what cycle we're in. A lot of companies did incredibly well just by being in the middle of the 2010, 2015, 2016 reign and had six or seven years to run free. Um, but most of these projects, when they were launched, were worthless, if you will. But that's the one thing about the efficient market hypothesis. The companies that are good and projects that are good will stay afloat. Um, the ones that are not will die. And I was talking to a brother at Revolt. Um, the same day when that news was announced, there was an NFT that came out that went out, went out, shot up 95% and has held some value since then. So I think we're just seeing a mass exodus or a mass correction in the projects and or companies that are not doing well. For anyone who thinks that I'm caping, no, I'm not. Um, but there's just not a reason for me to beat a dead horse. Okay, I may get okay. my sledgehammer out at the back half of the show. You said caping or capping? Caping. Okay. We're going yeah. wrong with that. That's when you yeah. throw on a cape. Throw on a cape. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. The, the other part of it was people started looking at the environmental impact of having NFTs, which is something you never hear about when people are making money. And so yeah. you, you hear about the carbon emission that goes into minting. And if you have more products being minted, the energy that it takes. So that becomes an issue. Um, and then, again, it, it the average price. And we can't say dead, right? Because the average price of the 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 board yacht apes are now forty thousand. It's a far cry from the six hundred and the five hundred thousand mm dollars, -hmm. but they're still there. Now the the thing the about this, right? They're still there though. Like a forty thousand dollar value is it's still it's not worthless. But the thing that they have, I guess, to their advantage is that the technology, like I said, I don't think goes away, and so they can turn it into something that can become incentivized or it can become something where we're having an outing and if you have it like that they, they still have that technology it's just about is that now worth the cost of analysis that you paid probably not for everyone in the crypto space i know you're going to say i'm not a crypto expert and that's fine but when we talk investing i said the master investor not the master investor of stocks i'm going to tell you something that i think would help a lot is to not tell what you plan to do i can't prove it but anyone that i talk to in the music industry has not said that i'm wrong as soon as they started saying that they're going to put artists on these platforms to give royalties to some of the biggest artists, you don't think Universal, Sony got on the line that label Bad Bunny is signed to and said, hey, let's find a way to kill this market. As soon as that became the narrative, and I love the royalty model. I love the, the fan payment model. I love that everything can be tracked on a blockchain. But when you start to become a threat to one of the biggest industries and exports of our country, you're going to have some pushback. We saw it in crypto in general. As soon as crypto was saying that hey, we're going to take over banking, everybody in banking got together and owned majority of crypto. Even Deutsche Bank, they are offering Bitcoin and crypto custody, custody services. They currently manage $1.34 trillion. They expect over the next 10 years to get up to $2 trillion if they add Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies to their offerings. So I love the model. As the strike ends with the writers, that's great. But I think these projects have to be a lot more quiet and not tell what they ultimately plan to do. Otherwise, the industry is going to attack you. Am I keeping it clean? I'm doing good. Yeah. This is great.
Honestly, I, think, I think the technology is more so suited for real life use case. Yeah. Like, you know, having authentic authentication of products. That's still something that makes a lot of sense, whether it's, it's with sneakers, whether it's with painting. That's a that's a that's a real world problem that has still has a, a bulletproof solution has still not been um, done. So in the art yeah. world, this billion dollars of things every single year as far as um, fake paintings. Yeah. And people that forge uh, signatures of other artists, different things of that nature. So NFTs make a lot of sense because if you have an NFT attached to a painting, then it's a one of one and you can verify that it's real. Um, same thing with sneakers, same thing with any type of collectibles, autographs, whatever. Um, so as far as you always have to be leery when things are solving problems that are not needed. So. Say that again, because I think most people are going to skip over it. And that's really important. Yeah, that's just business in general. You always want to be leery of you want to invest in you want to you want to fully support things that solve problems. Yeah. Like what I just explained. You want to be leery of investing or supporting things that solve problems that are not really problems. They're not really needed to solve mm -hmm. meaning. So instead of, you know, looking at it from the aspect of this NFT is going to you know, verify that this painter actually painted it. You just want to have an NFT to show on your TV mm -hmm. as as digital art. Like that's cool, but that's not really something that is paramount to the survival of the human species. Or you just want to just have, you know, a bunch of cool um like highlights that like digital highlights of Michael Jordan dunking over Sean like, yeah. <laughs> like, and it's like that, that this is cool, but that's not really solving any problem, right? Uh, uh, just a, a monkey that just shows on your phone. It, it's cool to have, but that's not of utmost importance yeah. of solving problems, right? So a lot of people got caught up in the NFT of, from that aspect of it. They got caught up in the Oh, I'm just gonna buy this monkey. The hype beasting of it, yeah, it's going up so crazy, mm -hmm. and it's like you you lost the actual utility part of it for just the hype part of it, and the hype is always going to come down eventually, but the mm -hmm. utility is always going to be there. So it's the same thing with crypto. You know, all of those coins and all those projects that was just have no purpose and just you know was just there, they yeah. all fell apart. But there's real life application for a lot of these coins. And those are the coins that actually have survived. And those are the coins that probably will survive. So yeah, just, you know, think about that. And, you know, people buying real estate in the metaverse, once again, that's, a, that's another, that's solving a problem. That's not a problem. Discretionary. Spending. So um, <laughs> you're paying $50,000 for a house in the metaverse because Snoop Dogg did it or it's next to Justin Bieber's house. You can rationalize anything in your brain and say, okay, well, this will be the next um, evolution of real estate. And who knows? Potentially it, it could be. It's too soon. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's not solving a problem. Buying a building in Cleveland, Ohio, next to the Mayo Clinic, is solving a problem because yep. there's actually doctors and residents that actually need somewhere to physically live while they're living in on Earth, and you can provide them housing. That's that's actually solving a real problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Buying a ranch in in digital world is not necessarily solving a problem right now. So just think about that when you're investing. That's kind of like a litmus test. Is this solving a, a, a real, real problem? Real problem, yes. Or is this solving a problem that's not really a problem? Let me um, run this off to you real quick. When you talk to Robert Smith 
Amy, episode last week was amazing. DC Young, Flower, Carlos, Carlos from 85 or Chad. When you talk to Trap, Jeezy, Steve Harvey, Tabidi, uh, Ladoon, when I talk to your dad, has any of them mentioned NFTs? Um, you don't have to like crypto, but if the big players, you know who, Mike Novogratz ain't mentioned no fucking NFTs. He's in a space. Kathy, once she got on stage, didn't mention one thing about NFTs. Now, if I were a creator, I think, God rest his soul, people should have got with Virgil early and used that to, to authenticate some of the pieces. Should have got with Sotheby's. Probably should have got with Mauricio Umansky or somebody in real estate to do it there. But it has to, like you said, solve a real use case. Now, for my creators out there, if you do create a solution, since the market is at a rock bottom, maybe you can provide a solution that will help the real world. So I'm not anti-crypto, but just some projects are dumb. Remy, yeah. my voice. Are you dumb? This yeah. is one of them. Shot the pap and uh, the other okay. okay. or whoever else. Hold your head. You can't make sense out of nonsense. So that's something to always keep in mind. Like you know, you so you can try to make sense out of nonsense. You can you can you can rationalize. You, you so a lot ration, of people will do it. You can rationalize anything. Like you can if you convince yourself, you can really rationalize anything. But ultimately, it's still nonsense. So don't get caught up in the hype don't try to make sense out of nonsense because trying to rationalize it eventually you're going to realize that it's is really just not it's just nonsense yeah and even though it's an alternative investment make sure you have your core down long-term stocks insurance real estate mm -hmm. primary business before you get to uh nfts the girl who's yum yum all that before you get to investing in the only fan girls that you're not talking to and that's the manager make sure that you have your core four down especially as interest rates go up um we have a bunch of geopolitical threats the banking spaces came and took it taking over crypto like if you're an entrepreneur please write this down your job in any business is to accumulate more secrets than anybody else if this was going to be the hit that everyone said that it was going to be you wouldn't yell it out on the internet you wouldn't do it you wouldn't yell it out on the internet unless you were looking for offset, perhaps. Hold your head. Mistake two. <laughs> I'm going to be in New York this week. I know you're tough. I don't want no issues. That's Yo. a mistake two. House arrest. 120 oh, on the cook-up. Oh, hold man. your head. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm Hold your Boy. Yeah. Wow. Talking about considerable drawdown. <laughs> Opportunities. <laughs> and the only ops I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Yes. Well, yes. We okay. pay attention. Academics page. That's the only way I know about these things. Yes. Shout the act. Academics. Shout the academics. Yeah. Academics. He's uh, he's he's solving a problem. <laughs> he's Somebody solving argue. a problem. It's true. You know, people want uh nonsense and he, and he's giving them a solution to their he to did, their yeah. uh, addiction. He's he's the uh he's he's feeding the addiction of nonsense. Well, you, but you, you accept that? It's you not. It's it. not about me accepting it. I'm just saying that's a business model that is, oh. is, is, is yeah, very. Um, it is a business model. Profitable. It's, it's tough to ignore. It's, it. it's a profitable. It's one of the few that's profitable, though. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, a, it's always. It's, it's always gonna be profitable, and it's tough to ignore. It, ignore what? Nonsense. Oh, you can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. Stuff. Well, okay. Let's talk. Are about you guys it. looking forward to buying for any NFTs in the future? Uh, I'm not a current owner of any NFTs, and I never have been. It's not. It's not on my, my watch list yeah. currently. 
But you never know. You always got to keep your, you know. You got to keep your eye open. Keep your eye open. Anything is possible. And something may make sense. But right now, I think, you know, it's not something that, you know, um, land in the central world is not a top level priority right now, currently. All right. Let's talk about Amazon, shall we? Yes. Amazon is uh, currently has invested $4 billion until arrival of ChatGPT. So this is interesting because, you know, once again, we go from one hype to another hype. But this AI hype, I think, you can only, that's what it is, right? <laughs> everybody, was like, NFTs, everybody was talking about crypto four years ago. Everybody was talking about NFTs two years ago. Everybody's talking about artificial intelligence currently. There's always going to be something new that people are talking about. It's human nature. Mm-hmm. No matter how much, no matter how many times you tell people, it's just, you know, it's, it's human, everybody. But this artificial intelligence thing actually does solve a problem. That's the difference. I know because I, I use artificial intelligence every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is an actual solution to problems. And um, now it doesn't mean that it's it's not getting maybe too much hype and maybe too much money might be going into it. Who knows? Only time will tell. But everybody's getting involved in it. Um, we see Google getting involved. We see Meta getting involved. Um, and now Amazon is getting involved. So mm-hmm. All right. What do we think about this? Is this is this getting too much? Like everybody's a chat GBT rival at this point, right? But nobody has really dethroned them. So is this wasted money or will this help Amazon and how is this going to affect their stock price? Uh, how will it help? I, I think rival is important. And we, we spoke about this a few weeks ago and the, the company, when we talk about the company that they partner with Anthropic, uh, when you're the leader, People can watch your flaws, they can watch your mistakes, and they can say, we can improve on it. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what's happened with Anthropic. If you look at who the founders are, they come from OpenAI, and they can leave with some of the, the knowledge that they know, and they can create a new technology that runs faster, that could be more efficient. And now they have backing from Amazon. They also have backing from Google. And surprisingly, they have some backing from Microsoft, which is an investor in OpenAI. Mm-hmm. What it does for Amazon, as far as AI, is it, I mean, it puts it in a place where it becomes a one-stop shop, where you think about the number one cloud service in the world is AWS. You talk about a company that's creating its own semiconductors. You talk about a company that is selling its own AI applications. And now you're talking about a platform that has the knowledge and expertise that came from OpenAI to partner with. I think... Again, it, another reason why I, I love Amazon long term. Uh, will it help the stock? Of, of course. Uh, it, it, it really has set the template for now. Well, I mean, it's an, it's an AI war about who can have the first, who could have the best, who could be the most efficient. And so the leaders are going to be the leaders. The interesting thing that we need to do is, yes, Amazon will, will benefit from it. But who are the, the, the companies that can provide the supplies that make sure that their GPUs are running efficiently. And I think we're going to talk about a few of those, Ian, when we do Dead or Alive. Yeah. But that's how we have to look at this. Because, yeah, Amazon, they're already a multi, nearly multi-billion, uh, almost a trillion-dollar company. Trillion-dollar, yeah. Yeah, multi-trillion-dollar company. No, 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 not multi-trillion. Almost, no, almost a trillion. Almost almost one trillion. Yes, yes, yes. I got their market cap right here. Well, they're, they're going to be, in the future, we can see that, right? If, it wouldn't surprise us if Amazon was worth two trillion. That wouldn't surprise us. But there are going to be companies that are being made now and companies that are going to be acquired in the near future that we can benefit from. So 
the education around the space is the most important thing. Yes, Amazon will benefit. Anthropic, I mean, we, we are they're at the beginning of what their uh, efficiency level will be because, again, this is still new. Like the, the Claude 2, I don't even know if people are familiar with it, but it just launched a couple months ago. And so people aren't even familiar with it. So they, what, what is that? So Claude 2, when you think about ChatGBT, it's more of a, a prompt, right? You give it a prompt, it gives you a, a response. Anthropic is kind of similar in a sense, but it takes data. And so I, I'll give you an example. One day you text me and say, hey, there's this lawsuit. Can you send it to Anthropic? So Anthropic will take the entire lawsuit, maybe it's 37 pages. It'll summarize it in 30 seconds. And now you have a pretty much a summary of 37 pages in 30 seconds. That efficiency level is something that ChatGPT doesn't do just yet as far as yeah. taking data and analyzing it. They, it, it can do that. It's just not at, at, at that, 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 is, it's not that large. Yeah, no, not that, that. Not even at that efficiency. You right? can, no, it can. At, like an article. If you give it an article, it can do it. It can summarize. Yeah. It can yeah, summarize yeah. it, but it's not going to do it in 10 seconds, right? So it moves, Anthropic moves at 300 times the speed of ChatGPT. What it also can do is can take literature. And so if there's a book, it can take that that in a PDF. It can summarize the book again, sixty seconds. The speed thing is a little deceiving though, because because I, I use I use these platforms. Cat What everything is moving so quickly, like three times speed is like the equivalent of like half a second. It doesn't really make that much of a difference. Like yeah, it's more it, of a marketing. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it sounds good, but it's like yeah. it's like if ChatGPT does it in two seconds, then they might be able to do it in one point five seconds. So it'd be like, I right, we. We move so much quicker than ChatGPT, but I mean, yeah. When you're the, talking about the when, speed thing, the speed thing isn't really that big of a deal to me. But okay. the amount of the amount of information that it is, because ChatGPT is limited to how much information it can actually consume at one time. Consume or process. So that's why this process. Speed, that's both, why both. that's what I'm saying. That's why speed is important because it's able to process and read speed at a faster rate. Well, ChatGPT can't even do it. That's what I'm saying. That's why. So it goes. That's why it's it not a speed back. thing. It's just it's a consumption thing like it can't consume that much information right it just can't and so that's why the people who created open ai the founders of JGBT, have left and created this and so again it it goes back to that being the first and now we're going to create something that's better who knows somebody might leave from open ai and head to to anthropic and say we're going to create something different it's gonna be improvements yeah. for sure i mean that's that's life though right everything's gonna always get improved on technology gets improved on um so yeah, I think it's beneficial, but will this help Amazon? Absolutely. Absolutely. And what way? what way do you think? Uh well, it puts it in the space. So now we already know what Google's done inside of AI. We know what Microsoft is doing. The response is, well, what or how will Amazon incorporate it into its business flow? And so we already know Amazon's in your house already from an AI standpoint. We know they're in there with Alexa. We already know that they're venturing into healthcare. It'll get to a point now, I think, with AI being able, you'll be able to create your own application because that's what's happening inside of AWS when they merge with Anthropic. That's the goal where people can personalize it for themselves. Right. So now you you may not need a, a big AI chat box to do. You can literally create it yourself. It kind of goes back to when we were watching that that uh, TED talk where the, the gentleman had the AI chip on his his chest. And it had everything for his day and everything for his week already planned out for him. I think you get to that part, especially when you have that large of a cloud base and you have AI applications that you can build on top of or build on your own, that you can make it super personal. You can create your own bot. Um, I do think it will have an impact on Amazon. Uh, the bigger conversation, well, we'll get to the high part later. But think of AI as infrastructure. Like there's no major city that does not have 
a tollway or highway. So if you're going to be one of the Elite Eight Magnificent Seven, you're going to have to have some exposure to AI. So Amazon, even though they're laggard in the AI race, it has to be done. I think um, the most interesting use case that I'm looking forward to to see is how they integrate it with AWS. At some point, because there's a dispersion between jobs available versus the number of people that need to work versus companies and projects that need to increase the GDP. Um, the chatbot thing is real. So I think at some point, maybe in two years, hopefully they'll spin off and businesses will have a lot more bots or agents to help uh, increase productivity. I know Shopify put out the tool for what every meeting will cost if you had one. I think in the near future, though, they're going to tell you this bot will help you be three or four times more productive or help your top line. But as we get into a race, we have a bunch of things that are stopping the market from growing. It's definitely needed. I definitely, any big tech company, they're going to have to, in the next 10 years, they're going to have to build their own AI army. They're going to have to build their own ships and they're going to have to find a way to acquire companies before the government cuts it off. We'll have a conversation when our guest comes on about the state of venture capital, if venture capital is ruined for the next 10 years. But I think there's going to be a small window. And the reason why the big seven or big eight keep getting bigger is because they're acquiring all of the competition. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that they finally got into this race. Definitely partnering with a great company, but more than anything, they needed the exposure in order for the valuation of the company to be able to continue and to skate to where the goal is um, for the next five years. So um, just just really, really quickly, the, the name of the service is called Amazon Bedrock. So that's going to be the name of the service that they're going to provide when they the two companies combine. Uh, so it lets customers build generative AI applications, kind of like what I was saying. So you can build your own application uh, via the cloud, and then you can build on top of existing applications, which is something that we haven't seen yet. That's smart. So um, as far as AI, Mike Novogratz told us that there will be an AI boom. Mm -hmm. I mean, bust. Um, Absolutely. Bubble, AI bubble, right? And it'll pop eventually. And he also said that, uh, you know, NVIDIA and Microsoft, two companies that's would be good to invest in as far as leading the way on artificial intelligence. I think I heard that before somewhere. Perhaps. Um, what do I know? So is there too much hype behind artificial intelligence? And will we see a market correction, um, you know, punish mm -hmm. artificial intelligence? Because even, I mean, the, the, the stock market this year was really has gone up off of artificial intelligence hype, mm -hmm. really, um, from... The tech stocks, for sure, when tech stocks have driven the, the largest stock market as a whole. Yep. So um, are we in for a NFT type situation with AI? Absolutely. Um, and now I'm going to go crazy on this one. When I did the talk with him and Kathy at InvestFest, um, he said 17 to 18 months. And if we're going to be super honest, these boom and hype cycles that lead to busts happen. So when crypto... Um, I remember at one time people were telling me the Russell 2000 was a better category to invest in the S and P 500. I'm like, but if you haven't been in these markets long enough, you don't see that those mid caps eventually fall. Um, then we went through it, of course, with NFTs and we're going to see an AI probably in 18 to 24 months. Um, the ones that are great, open AI, Anthropic, um, Google has their foot in the race and I'm hearing shout out to the good folks over at Meta that they have something that they're working on that they're going to release probably end of year. 
Those would be the big four. Every category of business, every sector has a big four. The race is to get that lion's share. So now that that's carved out, eventually there'll be one in healthcare. There'll be a couple of music that has an impact that probably be one in film. Um, I would love to see what they do in oil and gas, but the other ones that are based in evaluations off being off AI alone, it's probably 15 apps that I have on my phone that were not AI companies last year. And then after open AI came out, they got a chance to get all this funding. It's never um, a good place to be in when you are a copy or a replica of another business. So I can't wait for this boom to happen because it's needed. And this is what happens when you have too much capital floating around. But if I'm going to be very honest, this is the fault of venture capitalists. No one wants us to have the conversation and we need to, but they funded the crypto bubble. They funded the WorldCom Tech 2000 bubble. They funded part of the housing crisis bubble, then crypto, then NFT, then AI. But no one ever goes to say, where's capital being deployed from to go into these projects that will allow them to run net negative for four years, but be one of the greatest companies of all time. Um, but it brings to us to a bigger point. The re I was told this past weekend too the reason why they won't announce that we're in a recession because if they do, the lid will get uncovered and most of the pension funds are unsolvent or insolvent. So, uh, money and capital eventually has to move and it never dies, it's always deployed somewhere. But when you are seeing things talked about too much, that's when you know all the money has left it. Notice when Deutsche Bank got into crypto, JP Morgan got into crypto, State Street. Vanguard is now putting their arms and uh, money into crypto. They never made an announcement. Never went on CNBC. Never went on Bloomberg. Never went on Reuters to say anything about it. They just did it very quietly and behind the scenes. So, um, yeah, this bubble will pop in about 18 to 24 months. And then we'll have some real players that actually have an impact and really solve a real problem come in and they'll thrive. Well, the real players are the real players already, I feel like. <laughs> They're there. Then there's not going to be a newcomer. Well, there might be a newcomer who can help in the space, but the, the players are going to be the players. Mm -hmm. It's going to be NVIDIA, right? Because of what they do with their GPUs. Uh, it's going to be Microsoft. It's going to be Google. It's going to be Amazon. And it's going to be Meta. I was just going to say, we're going to get into Meta because even if you look what they're doing in terms of the healthcare space, if you look at what she's trying to do, uh, it's going to require over a thousand gpus and who makes the the, the fastest gpus yep and right now nvidia yeah. so if we're looking and they're, they're planning for a hundred years from now that's why i keep saying no one's thinking about five six years cycles. You know, she's they're planning for a hundred years from now yes. this is going to be the technology that leads it the companies that are here that are doing it at the highest level and the most efficient level i mean I, it's going to be tough to to they're so far ahead now that it's going to be tough to out, outpace them and we see this with labels. Any person that gets hot gets acquired by Sony Universal, like one of the big boys, like a shot at the Rockets records. Nobody at Rockets when Puff was running around selling Mace album. No one at Rockets was doing nine million. That's just like Interscope's going to have their name. Like you can't in American society and American capitalism, you, uh, a lesson I've learned early, you're going to have to pay the VIG somewhere. Even when I go to Mexico, people are like, man, what do you do if the police pull you over and they charge you $100 just to go? It's never happened to me, thank God. But every time I'm in Mexico, they're like, you can either just pay now or do like you do in America and go to court and pay double. At some point, you're not going to make a billion dollars and not have to pay Google, Amazon, Tesla, Meta. You're going to have to pay that tech toll road at some point or not be on a big platform. 
Go check on Fresh and Fit and see how they doing if they like being on Rumble. Stomach been rumbling ever since they got demonetized. <laughs> what are they doing? They on Rumble? They got kicked yeah. off of YouTube. They got they kicked, kicked off of YouTube. I think they got de- demonetized. demonetized. That's damn the same thing. You can promote, but Rashad, you ever looked at Myron and be like, "Yo, you that dude?" Like, Sean? Yeah, streaming platform. Yeah. So they're only they're only they behind paywall right now. Yep. Did the dude speed over at Rumble? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I think I got to do that. And Axe over there. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And a couple of the right wing people. Right wing. <laughs> Gonna be tough, but yeah, yeah I mean, going back to Priscilla when I, when I had that post put up, um, they are trying to solve a real problem. Like, yeah, and w- there's going to be a big migration from everyone in tech to healthcare. That's the real bag. I keep going back to that poison index. Nobody copy that, please. Food, alcohol, drugs, pharmaceutical, um, for all the diseases that are prevalent in our society. Like, and I was looking the other day. I'm like, where can you even get watermelons? in texas that are seeded if you look at commercial production of watermelons since 1990 seeded watermelons have dropped by 97 mm. like as a kid you couldn't go in any you go in a hood grocery store in 1989 1992 and get a seeded watermelon it's tough now it's hard to go on sprouts and get one so they migrated to food or pharma or the music business and everyone who's made all of their money in tech when interest rates were at zero to three percent because all the easy capital is gone, they're going to transfer their way over to healthcare and take over those spaces as well. Mark and Priscilla just kind of navigating. And for everyone who is criticizing it, yeah. I get the criticism. But his wife is a doctor. All right. So now we are going to bring on our special guest, yes. Ar- Arian Simone, uh, co-founder of the Fearless Fund. So if you follow Ernie Leisure, which I don't know why you wouldn't, um, last week, we made a post about the fearless fund so the fearless fund venture capital firm led by black women arian's one of them um and their aim is to invest in uh black owned businesses i believe she correct me if i'm wrong but i believe it's focused on women specifically black women business um so they actually are in the middle of a lawsuit right now for reverse discrimination Mm. by a uh, conservative activist, Edward Bloom, who claims that um, they are yeah, violating people's civil rights by, you know, only uh, funding a certain type of business when it comes to demographics. So we'll get into this. I'm sure she can explain the situation better than I can. But we thought, you know, she'd be a great guest that the post got a lot of traction. And a lot of people were not aware of the situation I'm looking at now. It's over 2,000 um, comments on it. And I think it, on the insights, it, it reached uh, 340,000 people. So mm-hmm. it was something that a lot of people were not aware of. I, think, I don't think anybody was really aware of it in the comments. Most, most people, like 90% of people, were not aware of it. So, you know, thought it would be good to have the person um, that is in the middle of everything kind of explain it, talk about, you know, the battle talk about venture capital why it's important to to have money to our communities um so yeah without further ado let's bring on our esteemed guest how you doing there she is (laughs) thank you for being here no thank you for having me thank you so much thank you for everything that you do and welcome uh we've got run into each other a few times and every time we meet and we hear about the story uh the layers get added to it so i'm happy that you're here tonight uh, to go over because like Rashad said, 
is a misconception and an unawareness that uh, we need uh, to be educated about uh, because it affects not just one person, but it affects us all. So let, let's get into this. Um, okay. Did I explain this correctly? And maybe you can add just a little bit more context to the situation. Yes. Um, I'm Arian Simone, everybody. I run the Fearless Fund along with my partner, Ayanna Parsons. And we run the nation's first venture capital fund that's built by women of color for women of color. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we invest black and brown women. So we've invested in Asian women, Latina women. But of course, we have definitely invested in many black women. We've made over 41 investments. We've invested in over $26 million in investment capital. At our foundation, we have awarded over 350 grants mm. and awarded over $4 million in um, grant dollars. And we've raised much more money than we have deployed because we are also in a fundraising cycle for our fund, too. We were hit with a lawsuit on August 2nd by Everbloom, the conservative legal strategist who stopped affirmative action at the collegiate level back in June in the Supreme Court. His next federal lawsuit and target was us and looked up and we had a lawsuit out of nowhere. Like August 2nd, my life just changed. And we lawyered up, of course, in order to deal with this situation. But it is real. They are trying to stop diversity, equity, and inclusion funding across all corporations. They are trying to instill fear to stop millions and billions of dollars from getting in the hands of people of color male and female, as well as women. And it's it's honestly just quite disturbing. They're trying to use us as a small company, as like a baseline case to say, mm. okay, if we can set precedent here by knocking them off, we can go get everybody else. So, Ian, you got, you got a question? Yes. Um, number one, what, as an audience and as a show, what can we do to support you in this fight? I do want to have the, your, the conversation tonight on if venture capital scale is broken. Um, but why do you think this is happening now? And number two, as a show, what can we do to support you in this fight? Thank you so much. Why do I think this is happening now? Um, there's been a lot of reversal of rights at a very rapid rate. Roe versus Wade was reversed. Affirmative action has just been reversed. And now they're trying to stop minority funding, which for me, that is just very detrimental. The government already stopped its funding for its minority grants. They've also already stopped their minority certifications, put them on pause. Um, why now? I think people are trying to reverse the economic progress hmm. that a lot of people made post George Floyd. Um, so that's also why now. Why now? We're in an election cycle upcoming. Yeah. That's another um, why now. Our lawsuit states that they are claiming or alleging we're discriminating according to the Civil Rights Act of 1866, not 1964, 1864, <laughs> which was put in place right post slavery of 1865. And this Civil Rights Act states that we as people of color can enter contracts. So this is about our economic freedom. And for anybody to try to flip that on its head, it's very dangerous. We need everybody to receive their funding. They're on a whole nother, just I, I, I will definitely break down what venture capital is for anybody who doesn't know. So venture capital is just exchanging cash for ownership. What we do looks like Shark Tank. People come to us with their business and we say, hey, what do you want? They say we want $500,000 in exchange for 10% ownership of our, of our company. So it looks just like Shark Tank, cash for ownership. You hear cash for equity. 
Um, we work in the space of job creation. We work in the space of reducing the wealth gap. And I can get into how all that plays into this. But everybody on here knows the wealth gap is just widening and widening. Yeah. And by like 2053 is what they claim will be at like zero for black people. But I can break down how venture capital plays a direct role in this whole wealth gap situation. But what? Yes, please. Oh, you say go for it now, Ian? Yes, go ahead. Okay. The technology industry is the world's largest wealth producing industry. This is on a, mm. just a basic level. It is backed by venture capital. Tech is very capital intensive to build and venture capitalists back it. So you have 92% white male of our industry that are investors in VC. And they pretty much have put most of the money into white male startups. So therefore the returns are then doing just like this. Hmm. The white male investors, white male startups. And because it's the world's largest wealth producing industry, it's making the wealth gap get wider and wider and wider. Because if this one right here, if this circle just keeps going around and around and around, they keep making more money and more money, and more money. It's the world's largest wealth producing industry. It keeps widening and widening and widening faster and faster and faster. We have to participate in this process of investing in tech and creating tech in order to be part of the world's largest wealth producing industry. So there's that. Um, $62 trillion industry, PEVC, it's a huge industry. Yeah. It's primarily backed by pension funds, endowments. Um, insurance companies. So pension funds are like the bulk of what backs the investors. Pension funds are built off of careers like teachers, police officers, um, firemen. Firefighters, yeah. A lot of careers were dominated by people of color working there. So you've got the people of color working, you've got the pension funds that are backed by these people. And then this money goes up to the 92% white men and then goes up to the white startups. And then when does it go back to the bottom of the people of color whose backs the pension funds were built off of? Hmm. When, do, when does that take place? So that's why this wealth gap keeps getting wider and wider and wider. And I always said that after fund two, which is what the fund cycle we're now raising, I always said, Aaron, you have to pause and get into some policy work once you finish closing that fund. Because I got to change some laws down here. We need some minority mandates that say if you want to basically build the backs off of this money off these people, yeah. we need to go back into that community. Yeah. Just, just point blank. It's like when you have a mayor, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and Mayor Coleman Young, when I was a kid, he made every contract reflect the demographics of the city. Atlanta, I live in Atlanta now. We got like a 30% minority mandate. I'm like, for what? We 60% minority. Yeah, 30% minority mandate. It needs to be exact. So we need some policies that says this money has to go right back into those communities. What people can do today, and I'm so sorry for being long-winded. No, enjoy. go ahead. But what people can do um, is go to fearlessfreedomnow.org. They can sign our petition. We have thousands and thousands of people. What we're doing is collecting all of this data because we are also not just, I guess you would say, we're probably just the first target in this. Since then, they have sued multiple and multiple people. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, this case gets dismissed soon. I have to go to federal court tomorrow morning. <laughs> 
Hopefully this can get dismissed soon, but whoever is the next target, I would like to be able to pass this on to say, here is a resource, you know, that can also help. It's just, it's just ridiculous, but you can make donations to our foundation because right now there may be corporations that are like, Hey, we may not want to touch a litigation. And both of our companies have been built off the backs of corporate dollars. We're backed by JP Morgan Chase, mm -hmm. Bank of America, MasterCard, PayPal, and a host of others. Yeah. They've been investors in our fund or they're donors in our foundation or and or somewhat both. So if you want to donate to our foundation, you have that option there too. But definitely sign the petition because that's what we can say the data of the people that are upset with this and that would like to take a stance with us. It's a lot. So, I mean, you can, inside of what you just said, you can hear the purpose of why this fund needs to be created. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the lawsuit is focusing on the Fearless Fund Strivers grant contest specifically. So talk about what that is and why they're specifically attacking that. Most definitely. Um, two things. We are being, though that's what they're saying, we're being, all of the entities are being sued. <laughs> Let me be clear on that. Mm. They filed suit on the foundation, the fund, the management company, and the GP. And this is public information. So all the entities are being sued. They targeted um, the Strivers Grant Contest. It's a partnership we have with MasterCard. And through that contest, we award, the commitment is that MasterCard has to the Black community. It awards Black women with this grant. We're the funded the administrators for this grant. And they've picked that one out because it says Black. I mean, it just mm -hmm. is what it is. Um, our thesis, like I said, is Black and Brown, but they picked that one out because MasterCard has a commitment to the Black community. So, um, all right. So this is something that you can't, they're trying to say, you can't say it's for black. Cause you can, you can give money to whoever you want. Right. right. Like you said, the, the white, the white v, VC firms are mostly only funding white businesses. Right. Um, so if you, if it didn't say black and you just donate, if you just gave it, not donate, if you invested it with black businesses, you can do that. And there's no problem, right? Yeah, but Rashad, you were actually you were actually right because that side is a donation. That's a, that's a grant program. That's on the foundation side. The and the VC side, of course, invest. But um, you are correct. You are correct there. But the reason why people have these commitments is really just due to the disparities. Mm -hmm. You know, there's many other black programs. There's many other Latina programs and many other Jewish programs. It exists because of the disparities. I mean, black women get a fraction of a percent of funding, whether you're talking VC, debt-based financing grants or anything. Yeah. You know, black and brown women combined are still at a fraction of a percent. Black people as a whole are still definitely under 2%. Yeah. So you're saying that you shouldn't even have to, um, it's okay to just say it's for black people. It, it's not a problem. It's not, it's not discriminating against somebody else if you're just saying that this is something that is set up for a certain group of people. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I can, I desire, what is interesting about this is I actually desire the same world that the plaintiff is saying. He's saying that, oh, we want to take race out of it. I'd love to live in that world. That would be amazing. I, I love to, no, that would be incredible. I actually want what you want. Yeah, I, I would love to live in that world where we don't have to have programs for black people or have programs for people of color or have programs for Latinas. I, I, I would like to live in that world, too. But because we don't live in an equitable society, 
That's why these programs are created. But what your outcome of what you desire, I desire that too. I've been saying for a long time, the venture capital is broken, uh, especially for this reason. Because the Big 12, Airbnb, Coinbase, Udacity, like none of them have any black founders. Can you tell us like how much increase we would see in GDP um, if more black and brown founders were given capital and then were led to the IPO eventually at the end of the day? Yeah, that's that's what people are concerned about. <laughs> yep. So, that's why I'm so glad you asked that question, because when you that's why I also gave that circle of how it's going from here to here to here and not going there. The second you empower more black founders with more capital infusion, you now have more wealth creation that will then go back into our communities. You have more job creation that goes back into our communities. You start to reduce the wealth gap which is why we're in the business doing the stuff that we're doing anyway. As an angel investor, my thesis, the thesis for the Fearless Fund just happens to be women of color. But as an angel investor, I, I invest in black males all the time. Mm. I cut, I'm on plenty of cap tables. I cut checks all the time in, the, in that area because that is the reality. We will help reduce the wealth gap by investing in our black founders. Yeah, can can you talk about the the lawsuit is being filed in the state of Georgia? That is correct in the um eleventh district. Um, it's yeah. a federal court right. case. Yeah, and I, I wanted to talk about the intentionality of where that the lawsuit is being filed because I think that's important. The trickle down effect of of how Supreme Court now could you know come into play and and the effects of that and who's been placed in those positions. Well, Troy, you're exactly right. We've noticed that the plaintiff will file cases in areas where they think that the judges are in their favor. Um, I don't know why we were targeted in particular, but that's somebody's that uh, that has been people's theory. They're like, oh, they're in Georgia. <laughs> and the way the federal courts work is that, um, you know, they, they basically the judges are picked on a lottery. So it's the luck of the draw of who you get. So um, you mentioned something about the pension system, something that Robert Smith has said before, where he thinks that it should be um, a mandate of, like, let's say if it's uh, teachers of New York City's pension and 25 percent of the teachers are black, then 25 percent of the capital should be managed by black fund managers. Um, so. As far as that, is that uh, is that something you talk about legislation? Is that something that is like could be legislation as far as, you know, public funds and, and how, how would that actually work as far as that is concerned? No, you you hit the nail on the head. The reason why is because the public sector is governed by the government. So that's why I was saying policies need to be put in place. You gave a perfect example of 25% of the teachers is black. We need 25% of their money going to black fund managers and not just the black fund managers, black fund managers that are investing in black businesses. Yeah. Just because you get a black fund manager doesn't necessarily mean that it's going into a black business. So we got to make sure it's going all the way around. Um, but you are correct. We're going to need some policies put in place, some legislation put in place and some minority mandates that reflect the demographics of the people, even in the city, that reflect in the demographics of the contracts. Every, every city should be functioning like that. Every pension fund should be functioning like that. Any public entity should be serving the people that are there. It should be serving the people that are there fairly. Yeah. 
when you're cutting checks as an angel, like what are you looking for in a startup that will make you say, I have to be a part of this business or they're in an the industry that I'm really attracted to? Because I'm sure some people tonight want to be able to be in contact with you or get funding for their business. So what are you looking for in a superstar startup? Woo, in a superstar startup, it's, it's no different than at the fund. Um, we look at how strong the brand story is because that's what we know other investors will buy into. We look at um, how strong the product is, how strong the team is. Because once you sell something, can you actually execute on it? We look at um, the traction. You know, and traction can mean a lot of things. It could be social media following, it could be email lists, it could be sales. Yeah. It could be a lot of different things, but you gotta be able to prove traction. Traction and brand story, you already got my ear. The other things we have to look into further. Um, if it's a pre-seat deal, meaning they have no revenue, you're literally betting on the founder. Mm -hmm. There is a level of, I would say, intuition <laughs> that definitely goes into this. And there are some people, <clears throat> in my opinion, who may be a little bit more rough around the edges, but I'm like, if you got the hustle and you got the grit, we could put some corporate folks around you. Yeah. But if you got the, because the hustle and the grit, I can't go, I can't go higher. You that. can't find that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go higher that. But if I know you got the tenacity that you're going to be resilient and you're going to weather the storm, I'm like, okay, I can work with that. But yeah, so there's a level of what's on paper and then there's still a level of intuition. Are you able to share some of the companies that you've invested in? I know that there's a there's a former uh, alumni of our show, uh, Pinky Cole. Um, oh, yes, I definitely can. Um, and they, they're even also on our website, Fearless.Fun. So we've invested in Slutty Vegan, The Lip Bar, Partake, 13 Moon, a whole, a lot of, I would say, I take pride in when I see that, women of color list pop up a lot yeah i mean we dominate that list so i take pride like our girls have been on the cover from the inks to the they're on everybody's forbes list they're on they they've made time 100 i saw pinky just made it but others have made it too has made the time 100 list like they are these girls are rock stars they are running multi-million dollar businesses they are growing and scaling at rapid rates they are doing awesome I, I'm very proud of what we've invested in. So um, you had mentioned tech companies and that's the real pathway to, you know, billion dollar valuations. Um, but a lot of companies, black companies are not tech companies, right? So you mentioned like, you know, cosmetic industry and food industry, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, how many companies are you seeing on the tech side as opposed to, the other side, just even available to invest in. And what, how would you encourage people to actually even start to think about the tech company? Because I feel like most of the companies that we're starting are on a lines of those cosmetic companies, food companies. Question. Good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but mm -hmm. from a scalability standpoint, they're not going to be Microsoft. So that's a problem, but it also comes from a, a certain, having a certain level of education to even know, like when you, you kind of know what you're familiar with, we're familiar mm -hmm. with food, we're familiar with hair, we're familiar with makeup. So that would make sense why we would start those type of companies. We traditionally have not been familiar with, you know, multi-level tech, high-level tech and, and different- Database solutions. Industries, yeah, cybersecurity, yeah, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So talk about that because i think that, that that's part of the problem too we're starting businesses mm -hmm. that are not scalable on a extremely large level no Rashad, you brought up a good point so two things here 
At our firm, we're 50% CPG, consumer packaged goods, and we are 50% tech. So that's why you heard some names on CPG. We lean heavy food and beverage, heavy beauty and wellness. <clears throat> so some names, excuse me, <clears throat> you're going to hear on that side. But on the other side, we are 50% tech, like Goal Setter, Capway. But people also have to start thinking of their company as a tech company. And what type of tech can you infuse in your product company? And then therefore it becomes a tech company and not just a CPG company. So a lot of our CPG companies do have a tech component. So you can have the product business. Um, I'm trying to think of this one girl. She's not in a company we invested in, but she had like hosiery and it was new. But she had like this whole thing with AI where you put your hand up and it matches your skin tone. Mm. So she had, yes, artificial intelligence. And she had the, you know, it was all pretty much her IP on it. It was tech they built out. So she owned it in addition to selling hosiery. For those who are maybe in a black in a tech space, what subsectors of tech should they look to build in that will allow them to get funded? Because I know social media is super crowded. I think the AI wave has kind of been over-exaggerated a little bit. What do you think um, are some spaces that we should gravitate to for the next four or five years if we're looking to build there? When you look at the future of work, um, health tech, I would say, is very heavy um, as far as four to five years. There's even this thing where people are building superhumans. Have y'all heard about that? They, I think they had one at a football game the other day. They had one. Sitting are you serious? The, it was just sitting there. Yeah, it, it was the company that is trying to create them had one uh, sitting at the L.A. Rams game. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It is scary. But either way, that the health tech space, that's one. Anything dealing with the future of work. That's why AI got so big, because yeah. you that GPT, you saw that anything doing the future of work and productivity is big. <clears throat> but health tech is very, very big. Um, health tech, ag tech. Everybody's looking at Africa right now. Yeah, they, they, so, they want to. Yeah. Yeah, so agriculture tech, and then, um, and I get there often. I'm a queen in Cote d'Ivoire, so I get there like back and forth. And I just started checking out the startup scene, and I was like, oh my gosh, y'all are on to something. So I issued three grants over there to make sure I'm keeping track of what is going. But ag tech opportunities in Africa, I would say Egypt, Nigeria, South Africa, Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire has a scene. Um, who else has a scene over there? But ag tech and health tech. Because those are two things that are always going to be necessities in our life, health and, and natural resources as far as food. Yep. So health tech and ag tech. Let me think of what else. Um, Cybersecurity, maybe. That's always. <laughs> and that's always good money. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's always and that's always good money. Um, well, that's, that's, I, a good, I say, that's a good list. Yeah, we could. Yeah, I would definitely say those. And I know yeah. my sister is watching. She is like a huge fan. She's addicted to y'all show. <laughs> hey, Queen, how you doing? You just made me. Shout out Ashley. Shout out Erica. Yeah. Shout out Ashley. Erica. Yeah. You, you, while you were speaking, I was thinking from the international investment standpoint. Is that something not for this fund, but is that something that you you dabble in as well? Yeah, for fun too. We're actually allocated twenty percent for international, and we've already had an investment in Australia and two in Canada. But Africa, oh. yeah, I got to get a scout for Africa because they they're they're prime. Like it's just it's awesome right now. So as far as um the lawsuit, um, how 
what's what's your grounds to fight it? I know they, you said their grounds uh, discrimination. That's what they're going with. What's what's your legal argument that you're going to provide? Understood. Now this I have to give a disclaimer. <laughs> Because I don't have a lawyer on right now, but I can't get into the lawsuit per se, but I can say this because it's public record, what our briefs say. Um, and Forbes did report on our 900 page response that the standing of this is very weak. That's what I can say. Um, a lot of people come to discuss standing. Do they have standing to even file the case? Got it. Got it. Uh -huh. um, qu question for you. I've been saying I think venture capital needs some corrections and has been broken. What changes would you like to see outside of us getting funding that would actually help um, the broader markets? Because if we look, it's really eight, maybe maximum internationally, 11 companies that are moving every market. Mm -hmm. I think that's because of the funding has been terrible the last 17 years. What improvements would you like to see if you can talk to the big players in that space? and on the wealth management side and that whole ecosystem. Um, what two or three improvements would you like to see in the VC space? They're actually simple. I think the biggest one is the people, the institutional investors who are investing in us. They've got to invest in black and brown fund managers who are investing in black and brown people. Yeah. I think you'll see a huge shift there. <clears throat> the second one is the investors. I strongly believe that if we can diversify the investors, by default, you'll diversify the investments. Absolutely. So what I mean by that, of course, if it's 92% white men, even if you take out racism, even if you take out sexism, there's still proximity. Yeah. People are going to do business with what's around them. And so by default, even if those systemic issues weren't there, it's, that's where the money's going to go. So we've got to diversify the investments. I want to see more black and brown people. I love that you guys have this platform and I love that it's even on investing, but I want to see more of us invest. You know, we're very big entrepreneurs, but you can still be an entrepreneur and still be an investor. Yeah. Yeah. We, when the litigation rules in your favor, prayerfully. Amen. Yes, it is. Yes. Speak things into existence. How does the Fearless Fund move forward? What does it look like? What have y'all gained from this experience? Woo. <laughs> I mind y'all. I'd have been on The View, Good Morning America, and what else the hell? Uh, CBS One, but this right here. <laughs> y'all have given me, given me the best questions, and honestly, the best questions for us. Um, what And nobody has asked me that, but what does this look like for us moving forward? I want to get into, we're still going to grow the VC side, but I I do need us to diversify what funding looks like. Mm -hmm. I want us to get into debt-based financing because mm. everybody is not a unicorn. It just is what it is. Everybody's not a venture-backable company. Everybody doesn't desire to scale and grow at a rapid rate. Somebody desires to be the $15 million a year company and that's all they desire. And they don't need venture dollars because everybody does not need venture capital. That's another thing, too. They just may need a cash cash flow infusion. They just may need a loan for to get some inventory, something like that. A hundred million in venture on average serves about 20 to 40 companies. A hundred million in debt based financing. I could probably hit a thousand companies. I'm mm. talking $5,000 here to somebody, $200,000 there to somebody, $25,000 there. Um, because we have the foundation that does grants. We have the VC fund that does investments. 
And to finish the rest of the capital stack, I would like to get into that other space. So before we leave, just our final question. Um, how can somebody get into venture? Like, how did you get into venture capital? And a great question. How, what's a pathway for somebody to actually get into venture capital? That is such a good question. Um, <laughs> I was a college student at Florida a University, and I wanted to, I was raising capital for my mall-based retail store. And I learned that very few business investors look like me. And I made a promise to myself that one day I was going to be the business investor I had been looking for. And that promise just happens to look like the fearless fund today. How I got into this space was I was running a PR marketing company in the entertainment industry, primarily film, a little bit of music. And I started meeting people in VC. And I said, oh, my gosh, I said, this is how I can make good on that promise. So I asked people to teach me. And they said, first step you're going to have to do is get securities attorneys. And then they can show you what fund formation looks like. Mm. Then you're going to have to be able to put skin in the game. And then you're going to have to, you have to just start my, my discussion to y'all right now. If you desire it, just start where you're at. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to get caught up. If you only got $5,000, just start with what you got. You know, just even if you got to crawl till you got to walk till you got to run, just start wherever. But securities attorneys are expensive. And if mm -hmm. you need just get just a tip on cutting a deal. I didn't have to offer ours equity. Mind you, I was well in my career when I started this. But if not, because I don't want to ever discourage anybody, um, offer them equity. You know, get, just get it going. Offer them mm -hmm. equity in it and start where you can. But the way to start a fund is you're going to have to get securities attorneys because you have to fund entity is SEC regulated. That's why I also not just encourage people to start a fund, but more so an angel group. Mm. Get it together people together and y'all can just meet y'all can get deals that come in and say you know are we going to do this one do that one because when a deal comes in you could say i'm putting in five thousand i'm putting in five thousand i'm putting in ten thousand and that's y'all's hundred thousand dollars that goes into somebody's round you know so that's a way too so start off with angel investing get your angel network be a part of an existing one or start your own mm -hmm. but if you want to start a fund you got to get securities attorneys to register your fund and then you got to go raise capital. And that thing is not easy. I had about 300 meetings just to get to the concept fund of 25.8. That was wow. the first fund. We were on fund two. We've already had two closings in fund two and supposed to have two more this year. Like, it's it's no joke. Um, my final question is a two-parter. Um, let's say people get inspired. They build a network. They go find one. How would they find or what's the best, best resource? to find companies to invest in? And part two, do you think part of this lawsuit has come about because you're a threat to the major VC institution? Like if you look post series C round, most of them are underwater. That's not being talked about. Like there's some big, and I won't name them, but there are some that have like- in Big ones are off. They're off. Like some are down 50%. Do you think some of this has come because they see that you're getting traction? If people are inspired to, to, tonight to build an angel network or join one, how would they find oh, companies? How they find deals? Yeah. Whew. And I may even invest in a company that's like showing like how to match make. Um, my suggestion is to reach out to whether it's myself and not that I'm trying to offer the other black VCs, but there's Harlem Capital out there. There's Pendulum out there. Yeah. Um, there's Collab out there. I'm just trying to think of all the other ones because. The network, and I know why you're asking that, it is. It is tight. Like yeah. most people don't hear about the deals. I just happened, I mean, we were 
we were ushered into this by grace. Andreessen Horowitz is our very big fans of ours. Um, my mentor, Jeff Jordan over there, was an MP for years. Um, he's and he's a GP there. He's also an investor in our fund. But I mean, like we were we've been blessed with the network, basically. Yeah. But you are correct when you say that. How do you? That's my suggestion is more so to reach out to us. I'll share Dear Flow with anybody. I'm okay. like, here, this is what's on. Um, Marcy Ventures, a lot of their staff, they're generous too. They'll be like, these are the deals we're looking at. You're going to have to reach out to the people that are in the space because there isn't one centralized place for you to find out. But there is a company that did pitch to us recently that is building that out. That's why I said I may invest in one. Um, that shows that in any event of whether we invest in that, I would still, once they get it up and going, I would still bring that to your audience and say, hey, here, let your readers know about this, your listeners know about this. Um, but you're going to have to reach out to the existing people. I am even of recent thinking about like just holding just Zooms once a month for people just mm. to join. That's a good idea. No, yeah. seriously. I had that. I was the other day, I was at Afrotech and she was like, we got people who are like accredited investors, a whole bunch of us that work at these companies, but we don't even know how to get into anything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I may have to start doing that. Like just once a month, post to Zoom, anybody join. <laughs> and these are the yeah. deals and the opportunities that are out there. Something more like that. Um, yeah, if you could add it to Market Mondays, that'd be great. Just throw an idea right. out there. Yeah. yeah. No, I no, feel free. Seriously, because people don't, don't know. Um, and there's so many opportunities. Do I think we were targeted because we're a threat? Um, we did start getting in more cash. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know why we were, I have no clue. That's a great answer. Yeah. Cause to be truthful, I honestly don't, uh, but there's all these things that they picked us because they could knock us off quickly, small baseline, but they were wrong about that. We're going to be well-resourced. We've been blessed with a lot of support. Um, people think they picked us because of the, which court district they could file. I don't know why we were targeted. I just know that we were, um, and we're going to continue to succeed. That's what yeah. it is. we got. We got to continue to succeed. I love it. Yeah. Arian, 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 you and uh, Ayana are trailblazers and you kind of took my question when I, I look at you two and I'm looking at the battle that you're facing and the fact that you're trailblazing and leading, I wonder, are you looking back at the people who are watching, especially young women of color, black and brown? Are you looking at yourselves as now leaders in the space uh, of VC and leaving mentorship or guidance behind? And I guess you kind of answered a little bit with the, with the Zoom calls. That is one step. But is that something that crossed your mind as you're going through it? I think a lot has crossed my mind as we're going through this. <laughs> <laughs> I think we knew we were trailblazing before a lawsuit hit. We're the first venture capital fund that's built by women of color for women of color. So... We knew we were on to something innovative on in the onset. Um, so I would say we knew that. I think that now that has just been amplified with the lawsuit. Mm -hmm. But that's something we definitely were aware of in the beginning. Um, and we do take that seriously. We definitely take that seriously. And it, it comes with power. There's responsibility. We understand that to who much is given, much is required. Mm -hmm. so we have to we have to show up in that fashion, one to deliver. And the reason why I wanted to get into policy work, I want it easier for the next black person, male or female, to be able to go and raise a fund. Yeah. I, I don't want nobody to have to go through what I've been through. Like it's, it is not pretty and it's not easy. I want the policies in place that can make it easier for our people as a whole. Well, thank you for joining us. Yes. Um, 
let the people know where they can follow you and uh, the website and and uh, yes, keep us updated on on the situation and definitely I'm I'm assuming that you got a lot of attention that you didn't have before as far as uh, from this. So that probably is a beneficial thing in your favor um, as far as, you know, having a lot of eyeballs on your fund um, might be beneficial. I'm sure it is as far as raising capital and just having more awareness. So, you know, that could be a un and you didn't really think about that. I'm sure when it first came to your desk, but that actually probably is a, a blessing for it you. It is a blessing. And honestly, Rashad, I did think about it. It was a huge blessing because if the corporations are being attacked and we built a lot of the company off of that kind of funding, this platform is giving us the opportunity to diversify our investor base and to diversify our donor base. So it's definitely a huge blessing um, for family offices. They can invest, people, individuals. It's 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 a blessing. Thank you. So, yeah. So what's the website and everything? The website is fearless.fund for the company for this whole movement and signing a petition. It's fearlessfreedomnow.org. For the Instagram, it is at fearless.fund. Yes. And my personal one is just my name. All right. Well, once yeah. again, thank you for joining us. Yeah, and uh, thank yeah. you. Good luck tomorrow. No, thank you all for having me. And thank you for definitely just opening up your community and your platform for this to have a voice. I'm very grateful. Of course. Thank sure. you. Thank you for all your work. Got to have you back soon, too. Good luck tomorrow. Oh, thank you. Thank you all so much. So, so layer fight, man. Like for everyone who's listening, um, put your comments in chat on what you thought. But at every turn, there's always more work to do. And a lot of times, I know Rashad and Troy, you feel this way. A lot of times when we are pushing back on some of the commentary or did invest fast cost too much. I'm like, okay, you, a, you don't know what the costs were. I'm going to just, let me cape for my guys, but how much it costs to secure a building with those stature of people there, but to bring you this information. And then if you look, okay, we haven't even got to the IPO. We're just trying to allow a woman who has a track record of success to be able to fund other startups. Like notice Canonly's valuation, amazing, but they weren't able to say that it was a black owned startup for six years. Still hasn't went public. I can name you a bunch of shitty companies that have got funded and went public. Snowflake It's Ian who said it. Ian's thoughts are not reflective of Rashad or Troy's or Earn Your Leisure's solely mine. It's a bunch of these IPOs that have dropped 70% in six months. But then we have to get through the startup fight, the venture capital fight, going public. Then after that, being integrated into wealth management and then the institutional side. So this is we're still on level two of this battle. But take note, as soon as we started to get real estate down, we got Airbnb down, we got stocks down. They're trying to change all litigation in the supply chain of financial literacy and entire wealth gap. More work to do. Yeah, the rules of engagement will, are constantly changing. It, it yep. goes back to what Puff was saying on stage. There's more barriers that that exist that we, than we are even consciously aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to hear what she's fighting, not just for her, like she said, she's fighting for every male and female that are behind her who are yet to come into the space. And so it's honorable yeah. what she's doing. Uh, it's unfortunate that she has to go through it, but like there's always going to be a blessing uh, on the other side of it. Yeah.
Oh, and meanwhile, while, while they're having us fight this fight, they're going to try and deploy a bunch of capital in Africa and, and take all the best startups from us there with China while they're building bricks. We'll monitor the situation for sure. Um, okay, so before we leave, let's let's talk about a few more topics. Um, so Mark Zuckerberg and Priscilla Chan, his wife, uh, announced plans to eradicate human disease by the year 2100. Mm-hmm. Um, they aim to develop. Why you why you start laughing? I laughed. Oh yeah, no you was... you chuckled you chuckled a little bit too though. No, because I'm thinking. That's 75 years ahead. Yeah, that, that was my quote. Like, <laughs> yeah. damn, they're, they're really, that's succession planning for real. But that's how you got to think, though. No, that's, that's, how, that's, how, that's how you got to think. I, we, I think we're aware of that, that that's how you have to think. And I know, Ian, that's something that you said. We got to plan for the next 100 years. But when we talk about the minuscule issues that are happening in social media, well, there are people who are trying to eradicate disease mm-hmm. 75 to 100 years from now. It just, I mean, when you think about that, we're dealing with both. The gravity of it. Yeah, it's... You I mean, but that's always that's that's how that's always going to be the case. The, I was, well, the, the masses are controlled by a few select group of people, yeah. and you keep the masses entertained with a variety of non-important yeah. topics. And while they're meddling in their small issues, the people at the top are controlling the world and focusing on big issues. That's been yeah. that's been the case since ancient Egypt. Yeah, never going to change, unfortunately. Yeah, but what can you do? So there, they um, they have a plan to eradicate human disease by uh, the year two thousand and one hundred, and they aim to develop a computing system that researchers can use with AI to uh, catalog cells and predict how they act when disease infiltrates. Mm-hmm. So they're going to use artificial intelligence mm-hmm. to. I mean, they're already using AI in in medicine now, but I guess they're going to use it to, you know, weed out uh, cancerous type cells and different issues that that may arise um, even before or after a situation. And that's something that um, they think could potentially end uh, human disease. And another thing about this situation 100 years out is that um, there are plans for people to live forever. Mm -hmm. So it's... Part of this is a legacy play. Well, part of it is that I don't want to die. Yeah, I mean, there, there is a, there is. It, it sounds like it might sound like I'm fantasizing, but once again, anything you see in the mu- in movies actually probably will happen eventually. Absolutely. Um, and if you don't think that Elon Musk already has some level of planning for a human being to live five hundred years, three hundred years, or forever. I mean, you got to be kind of crazy or on Mars. Well, we already know we already know the Mars thing. <laughs> yeah. That's already yeah. been, that's already been disclosed publicly. I'm just saying. I think that you know a lot of these things um, are made for humans to live longer. Like if they're gonna make a human clone, which they already talked about that. That's that's in works, if not yep. already been done. Um, why would they not plan for the human species, or at least a select few? humans to have the ability to live forever people have always chased um being immortal going Mm -hmm. back to egypt even the pharaohs right like that's something that since the beginning of time like that's always been intriguing for humans to have the ability to be immortal 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think that we're in a time and age now where modern medicine. Um, and, well, I'll, I'll hit a couple points real quick. So over it's recently came out, um, insects have been eradicated or completely gone extinct at 2% per year. Uh, I think 65% of animals over the last hundred years have been killed off either through farming or hunting. One in six couples need help getting pregnant. And I think the sperm rate and fertility rate of men over the last hundred years has dropped 80%. Um, going back to problem solving, this model that they're building around genetic testing and how to eliminate disease would be the biggest business on earth if they are able to pull it off. Yes, pharmaceutical companies. Okay, like he built the biggest social media platform of all time whether he leveraged other ip to make it happen he got the job done what is your next thing that you're going to skate to i keep i've been telling everyone for the last at least two years publicly healthcare is the ultimate sector to be in but health and tech merge together um even with this iphone dropping in value and innovation and i got a little text from somebody um about apple not innovating yes the new ios is amazing but i was told that a lot of their efforts are going into succession planning of making a bigger impact in healthcare over the next 15 to 20 years. That's why you're not seeing a rapid increase in the development of the iPhone. I don't know if it's true, but I want to give the news to the people. Um, is this potentially evil? Of course. Um, but I will say when you're thinking to build a business, if you can predict diseases and eradicate them, there's going to be, of course, I always worry about us to say if they can model a disease or build a disease where they get rid of us with a lot of it, but on a pure market value, um, if they are able to pull this off with the rate of inflation, this will probably be the first company that will be rated at at one quadrillion. But then also, wouldn't that that actually, in one way that solves a problem, and in another way that actually creates a problem, Mm -hmm. because Overpopulation has been yeah. something that you know has been talked about for the last fifty years, and the the Earth's population keeps increasing. Even though all those stats you named, it still keeps increasing at um, a very high speed, especially yeah. in on the continent of Africa and Asia. And um, I want to thwart that. So, so now if you eliminate disease, now you accelerate that even more because, well, or do you have a faster plan to depopulate quicker? Because if I know what every genetic test can, is and what disease can be prevented, I can yeah. also deploy diseases to get rid of people really fast, too. Well, here's the other part. Well, yes, that's true. But the other part is, and we've seen this in technology a few times, right? When the elite or the people, let's say like the 1% of the world that can afford the, the technology will be able to have it. So if we're talking about 100 years, they'll probably get it within 50 years. Yeah. If you know with the internet, right? Like the government had it 30 years before. The general public had it even with ai when we sat down with robert smith and paul judge they were talking about using ai 20 years ago yeah the general public is is just being spoon-fed it right now and so if we're talking about this 70 years from now that means that there's somebody there's a certain population that's going to have access to it way before the general public does yeah which now they can almost oversee the general population right because if they have tested this and they're going to be here forever they can kind of decide who they want to be here with us and control who won't be but the overpopulation thing um i'm not a 
the foremost expert in this, but I've read a few articles and a few books that you can populate everybody in the world inside of Africa or the United States if we had denser communities. They just don't want that to happen. Are we strained on resources? Yes, but the strain has been caused by whoever sits above, if you will. So I think it's just more about having a bigger ruling class with less people and less people who are willing to revolt. Um, but from a pure market cap standpoint, if I was looking to build a company or deploy capital into a company, this would be like the perfect company to put it in. If you can predict every disease on earth and help, and because most he healthcare companies don't improve the health of the population, not saying this one will, but if with all the AI they have and GPUs are being, being bigger than ever, our issues are going to be incredibly important with all the data mining that they've done at meta uh formerly facebook for these past 15 years if he can find a way to sequence that into genetics and make this a better version of the human genome sequencing project the company be worth a quadrillion if that so if the company's worth a quadrillion and it's running on supercomputers and she said it's going to take um and when i say she i'm, I'm talking about priscilla chen yeah. uh the computer system is going to take over a thousand gpus then the, you're probably looking at the company that's making those GPUs, no? If that's going to be quadrillion, hypothetically, yeah. right? Hypothetically. Yeah. All right. Actually, this inspired something. Okay. Can I get the, I get the solo cam? I yeah. I, yeah. I, I want to do a monologue. Is monologue time? Impromptu. I saw clear out. This he said he's playing. been inspired, ladies and gentlemen. not playing. This is all inspiration. All right. Here we go. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. So this just made me think about something because he put a post up yesterday. So... You have the top 81 billionaires in the world have more wealth than 50% of the world's population combined. That's 4.6 billion people. So 81 people have more wealth than 4.6 billion people. We already know that Elon Musk is planning civilization on Mars. Uh, we just covered that Mark Zuckerberg and his wife are planning to eradicate all human diseases by the year 2100 by using artificial intelligence. And we talked about potential technology to make humans immortal. So it's pretty amazing and discouraging when I go on social media and what I see is debates about fantasy football. <laughs> Um, said rapper having beef with said rapper's husband, food debates, fashion debates, and a bunch of other random nonsense that has no real significance in, in life. And it, this is happening in real time right in front of you. And you're being consumed with so much nonsense that you don't even even have any concerns or cares about it at all and it's like robbing a bank right in front of you you don't even have to actually hide things it's in it's done in plain sight when you're looking at the the this is things that are changing the way that the world will operate and directly affect every single human being that's living on planet earth and the vast majority of people are concerned with such unimportant things they wouldn't even register on any of these 
things that I just talked about level. So when you're looking at your life and you're not where you want to be, well, that's the reason. Because you're making conscious decisions to consume things that are taking you away from any level of productivity and you're staying there and it's being done on purpose and everybody should be embarrassed. The people that are doing it mm -hmm. on the media side, the people that are actually producing the content should be embarrassed and the people that's consuming the content should be embarrassed. It's like going back to say, okay, well, there's so much alcohol in the hood. Well, who made you drink alcohol? You're still making a conscious decision. We already know that the, the, the cards are stacked against us. So when you make a decision to consume this content, that's a decision that you're making because there are alternatives. You're watching an alternative right now. Yeah. But unfortunately, we're never going to have the same level of viewership or interest as any of those things that I just mentioned. So at some point, you have to take self-accountability and realize that as the world changes and as we enter a new world, you can call it a new world order, you can just call it a new world. Um, you will you will be a digital slave. And this time, your slavery will be voluntary. You signed up for it and you, you gave no fight and you will continue to stay at the same level that you're at, potentially even worse, your children also. And that's a decision that you have to make. Are you comfortable with this or do you want better? Choice is yours. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. Um, uh, let me piggyback off that. Tesla is in talk with Saudi Arabia to open a new factory in that country. Um, shout out to Jamie Dimon. JP Morgan CEO says that it is a huge mistake to think that the economy will boom anytime soon. This is probably one of the greatest bankers since James Pierpont Morgan, who the firm is named after, is telling you the truth. National debt is $33 trillion. The U.S. government spending it represents about 25% of GDP. Credit card losses are rising at the fastest rate since 2008, and there have been 116 IPOs on the U.S. stock market in 2023, 27% um, less than the same time in 2022, and most of them are trash. The trash part was my addition. We have to focus on the parts that really matter. Arm, great. Kudos to Rashawn for being involved in Instacart. Instacart, mm. Um, and Walmart expects 65% of their stores to be automated by 2026. I don't care what Sexy Red said back to... It, it, even, well, even I don't, leather, I, yo, I don't care who you got to watch from. Like, who cares? Even the leather, leather jacket, let's talk about the rent era, all that. I hate I had, a, had to even do that to get y'all to watch this information. People like, he don't know crypto. I know I've been financially free since 2015. <laughs> You can ask my mom, dad, when I was broke, I'll tell you I was broke. When I was up, I ain't going to tell you I'm up, but I'm free. You can ask my baby mama, will be good or will be bad. You can see it in Xander's face, right? We have to stop. And I keep pointing this out to every, shout out to Math Hoff, I'm going in this week. Um, I ask every podcaster, and I ask every week, how many podcasters make a million dollars a year or more? And Trevor Rashad always laugh because they don't want to say most of them is broke. But I keep asking that question to tell you that having beef in the media does not pay you. Mr. Beast just said on a 500 million view, no, no, 100 million view video he did, he got 500 grand. I said, thank God I'm not in that business. 
That's a lot of other ways to get 500k real quick. That takes two. If I got 100 million views, I want 300 million. But watch how YouTube, after the strike is fixed with the writers, YouTube ends up being the biggest movie producer in the next 10 years. You got a, a model to pick from. Hey, bring me a movie, fully produced, fully edited, or we'll pay for the movie in advance. Which one you think will win? I'm going to go with Google A for 200. Focus on the things that matter. That's what I put up the other day. Too many opinions, not enough assets. And if I've ha helped you increase how many assets you have under management in your personal household, please put yes in chat. But we got to stop focusing on the BS. Drake and Charlamagne. I, kudos to Charlamagne for not feeding back into the BS. You can't even give an opinion no more. People attack you. The yield on the 10-year treasury uh, skyrocketed to unparalleled heights from 2006. The bond market is now uh, booming after it collapsed since 2020. They, even with us, how much fluff conversation do we have? Shout out to the Houston Rockets and Udoku and everybody. We don't have no fluff. <laughs> hey, we, hey, we want to talk about diversification. I, mean, I ain't said too much. Shout out Dylan Brooks. You know what I mean? Shout out to all my Bahamians. Boy. Boy, he's different. You wild for that? You wild for that? I mean, but not, but it's probably I mean, you know, it's like you wild for that. It's like Jay said, um, when Jay, <laughs> I'm gonna go to the bench. I'm gonna go to the bench. <laughs> when Jay was like, "Yo, we ain't get through to you yet." Um, yeah, you you gonna keep your yeah yeah. Attention is the most valuable commodity. This Absolutely. is why it's so sought after. So. It can never compete with sports. It can never compete with entertainment or celebrity gossip. It's just, it's impossible. It's, it's amazing that, you know, um, you even was able to reach this level and still going. But, um, you know, at some point in time, you got to take self-accountability. Like I said, we we can blame other people and other people are responsible for a variety of different things, mm -hmm. historically and currently. But ultimately, self-accountability has to be had. Pastor, mm -hmm. and it's like if if you are in a position where you're an adult and you're indulging in in these type of um, mindless entertainment over and over again, it's going to have an effect on your life. It's impossible for it not to. Like it's impossible for you to know every single thing that's happening on Shade Room, on Academics, on Hollywood Unlocked, and shout out to all of those people. TNT. But I'm just saying, it's just impossible for you to, to to know every single thing that's happening and still be at a highly productive level. It's impossible because I I know billionaires and I don't know any billionaire that knows any of this stuff that's happening. Zero. So you can't. You're gonna have to tell them. You, you can't. You can't. <laughs> that pick, information is a liability. <laughs> no, it is. The net negative on it. Yeah, yeah, it is. I've never, is. I've never heard Mark Cuban talk about um, Cardi B and Nicki Minaj's beef. I never heard Robert Smith talk about um, his fantasy football pick. I've never heard Michael Novogratz talk about um, my Terry Cloth choice of of outfits on Investfest stage. These are certain <laughs> things that I've never, I've never heard. That was a good I time. I have heard them talk about artificial intelligence, cryptocurrency, investing in companies, habits, behaviors. Those, those, these are conversations that I've, I've actually heard. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm just saying you don't have to have the aspiration of being a billionaire, but these have—they're not done by accident. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. saying that these type of habits are not are not caused by accident. So you, it's a certain level of self-evaluation mm -hmm. that we all have to do.
even us, like, you know, sometimes you got to look at like, like, damn, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing too much on this. This, this, this isn't important. Thing. I got to get back to what's really important. Right. Yeah. But you're on YouTube and going through the whole rabbit hole of gangland in America. And you know about the blood set in Stockton, California. It's not and beneficial. The in Chicago. <laughs> you live in, you, you live in, in. <laughs> Tampa, Florida. Why are you fascinated with gangster disciples in Chicago, Illinois? It's it's it's, it's not beneficial to your life. But yeah. they programmed us to look at somebody else's struggle as entertainment. And Absolutely. even even like even like this rap beef and different that's somebody else's. That's a real life conflict. That's a struggle that somebody has. Whether they haven't gotten emotionally matured enough to know how to handle themselves publicly or know how to actually deal with their emotional intelligence. But regardless, these are real problems. And we look at problems as entertainment. Blue face and his baby mom and, and the kid, like this is, people's problems have become our entertainment. That that was kind of the premise of the mental health conversation. And it's interesting that you're talking about because they were saying we, we capitalize on struggle, but nobody mm -hmm. talks about solutions. In fact, when solutions are made and solutions are highlighted, everybody does them down or push them to the side. We're not really trying to hear that. And so yeah. when you talk about the mental effect that that has on you consistently, imagine if you're born into that. And a lot of us are like yep. those things that you're speaking of, like going down the rabbit hole on YouTube. But like I can say we're, we're guilty of it. Everybody. has, Right. Like we're, we're, this is the culture that this, we, this that is, we like, came it, up in. But there comes a point in time and I guess a growth inside of somebody that you realize that what am I doing? How is this beneficial? And what can I do with my time other than this? And once you figure that part out, then these things become more entertainment for you. Like market monies becomes more entertainment. Earn your lead. These type of things that provide information that can actually change your daily life, that becomes more entertaining. But everybody doesn't get there. And everybody's not going to get there at the same time. And some people may never get there. But the people who do, we got to make sure that they get the information at a, the highest level. People have PhDs in gossip. That's a fact. That's and funny as hell, but true. An abundance of street credibility will only leave you bankrupt financially. I've never met anybody that was able to cash in any level of street credibility. So it's like you it's, it's not transferable. That's a good quote. No. Any financial institution, it's not transferable. <laughs> it's, it's just not. Nowhere. It's really not. It's, it's not. It's only going to leave you bankrupt. In, in the club. Most, in might, multiple might, different in a, ways. It might get you a section in the club. Maybe. That's going to leave you bankrupt. Yeah. So it's just, you know. Once again, I just think that as a okay, hold on. I'm gonna cut you off, but I'm learning to guess what they're gonna say so we can respond to it in advance. What do you say to all the people about well, you guys entertain rappers who promote this culture and yada yada? And and that's why. And that's why. Thank we, you. We have to <laughs> we have to. We have to. This is only the it Wu Tang has one of the best lines. I think it was the Jizza or uh, say the line, I got you. He said, um, mostly the dumb are intrigued by the drum. So what he's saying by Master that Killer. is, you know, people always say like Nas got bad beats. I never listened to rap music for beats. I, I listen for the lyrics. I only listen for lyrics, but I understand what he was saying. Beats like, weren't that bad either. That's why he said mostly the dumb is intrigued by the drum. So once we started getting into the era of beats, yeah. that's when hip hop really changed. <laughs> so now I'm just saying as far as like when- Keep when going. The, I'm not going to stop you. When the beat overpowered the lyrics. Beat is a important part of the song for sure. But yeah. the lyrics was always the most important part. When the beat became the most important part, this is when mumble rap comes. You don't have to rap. You could just say anything. You just ride the beat. Yeah, you can vibe with the beat. So what I'm saying is that now we're in a situation where, yeah, we can't fight against 
a, a fire with a water gun. It's, it's, it's just a certain level of intelligence. We have to we have to provide the entertainment for you because if not, you're not going to listen. Then there's education inside of the entertainment. And that's why it's called entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah, that's, that was crazy. Master Killer on Triumph, he said that. That's mm -hmm. the first time in you year, can't, you can't, quoted him. You can't feed a baby steak. You can't feed a baby steak either. It's, you actually end up killing the baby. This is this is wisdom and understanding that there's growth and maturation. So we're still immature as people. We have a we have we have a long way to growing to being mature. So when when a baby is born, you 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 don't feed it solid foods. You have to feed it applesauce. You have to feed it you know milk. Not yet. No, they're gonna, they're gonna be like, no, you can't feed that one. I'm can. just saying an infant. I know, so but that's what the over the course of time. No, this is a serious conversation. Though. No, like, serious. So, I mean, you, you got to have a certain level of maturity to even understand. Like, you got to be able if you if you're immature enough to do that, then you shouldn't be listening. So you have to have a certain amount of maturity to even understand what I'm saying. So it takes time for a baby to grow in, into a toddler. It takes time for the toddler to grow into a child. It takes time for the child to grow into a, a teenager. And it takes time for the teenager to grow into a young adult. It takes time for the young adult to grow into an adult. And it takes time for the adult to grow into a wise person. If you try to force that growth too early, then you'll end up hurting them. You'll end up hurting them. If you try to feed a baby steak, you're gonna end up hurting them. If you're gonna, if you try to make a five-year-old drive a car, you're gonna end up hurting them. If you try to make a 12-year-old go out in the world and fend for himself, you're gonna end up hurting them. So as you're as a leader, it's your responsibility to make sure that you're guiding people in the right direction. Over the course of time, in ways that they can understand, in the language that they can understand, in a speed that they can actually keep up with. If not, then what are we doing it for? Yeah, but the thing is, we don't have time. Well, all we have, only, only thing that we have is time. Because if if you look at it, it's like we had the conversation with Diddy, and he's like, "Yo, we got to make rapid change and give them different things." And he's like, "Yo, that's not that's not quick enough." Well, we got in this situation. This is this isn't even four hundred years slavery. They said four hundred years. This is actually even longer than that. When you look at the fall of Africa from Kemet all the way to Mali. These are yeah. thousands of years. This white supremacy has been in, in, in rule for thousands of years. Yeah. Right. So this is something that unfortunately you can't you can't reverse something like that in one year or five years. This is why when Mark Zuckerberg has a hundred year plan, this is important. When CEOs of Japan are looking at three or five hundred year plans for their company, mm -hmm. that's important. Unfortunately, we are always only thinking about tomorrow in a week. Our long-term planning is next year. Yeah. Like Friday. That's yeah. our long-term planning. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. that that's not that's not a formula that's sustainable. That might be that might be beneficial for individual person, but when you look at a collective, we have so we can't even agree on one particular issue. Like there's not one issue that as a collective black people really agree on so, even even reparations this people and, can't even agree on that in that, that, that analogy this is important so in that analogy where would you say that we're at are we still in the infancy stage or are we looking at are we compartmentalizing where we're saying this financial revolution is at the infancy stage or as i, I shouldn't say black culture but our, our community where would you say that we're at i guess over the last decade that would be fair honestly yeah, where we at? What you guys think? I think we got to be in the infancy state. We just had the right to vote 60 years ago. Like mm -hmm. we technically wasn't even treated as equal human beings in this country until recently. So 
we are just now learning about this financial literacy information that we're providing is so revolutionary because the vast majority of people have never even they don't even know anything about it. Mm -hmm. They never knew about stocks or real estate or let alone private equity, venture capital. So angel investing. Yeah. You know what? You know what's interesting? I'm just gonna add to this point of what you're saying is very important. The higher we go and the more people that we meet, let's say of stature and of certain levels of fi of financial freedom, the less knowledge. There's some at the yeah. top that have the knowledge, but yeah, as we go, we're meeting people, and I I never knew what that was. I never knew what that was. I had no idea. Thank you guys. That's why you guys are so important. So it's even yeah. interesting as we climb because I know that's something even in the financial planning world where you would say, I would meet people of a certain level of intelligence, and you would think, oh, they should know that. They didn't know, they're, but their discipline is not in finance. Their discipline is in health or it's in medicine, and they didn't have the discipline to know what finance is. And so the higher we climb, we're starting to see like. This thing is really something that's been absent from a lot of different disciplines. So uh, go ahead, though. I want to. It gotta be at least a fifty-year plan. Fifty. It gotta be at least a fifty-year plan. This is why it's like, ah, right, you start with education. Like you gotta understand too. I think Frederick Douglass said it's a lot easier to train. I'm paraphrasing. It's a lot easier to build strong boys than to rebuild broken men. So, and that goes for men or women. But I'm just that's what he said. So it's you gotta start. All right, now if we implement this program. And it, it starts with somebody that's five years old. Because even so the problem with the five-year-old is that even if their parents are going to be negative influences. Mm -hmm. So you got to really, it's a whole generation that has to, of negativity that has to be replaced before a next generation can even get in a position to teach their yeah. children. So this is this becomes the new compounded interest, right? Where we look at the time, the information is now the rate that we got to look at, right? They get it at five. At 10, they have it, but then there's a generation that they're going to learn even faster. So yeah. In a, in a sense, that is the compounded interest of the future. But but in, in the investment, you got to look at the threats. Like if she wouldn't have came on, most people wouldn't have even known that they're actively fighting. So even when, mm -hmm. when I bring up the rants and stuff, like I tell people all the time, like there's a reason for A to get your attention, but there's a message I'm trying to also sneak in. Even when they have the conversation about diversity inclusion, and that's why I shout out to Nicole. At the event with JP Morgan next month, I believe. Um, there's a lot of interest in us post George Floyd, but now that that has been eradicated, I've had a couple of talks with some companies and like, hey, that was the first thing that got cut, especially with markets turnaround, the marketing budget and diversity inclusion. Well, let's do the hell with that. The only part that that troubles me is that while we are slow to get off the blocks. Those that don't want us to have this information, they're moving really, really, really fast to make sure that we don't have it. Really fast. Got to move faster. And, and this is my always my point. I never have to tell a guy, get the courage to go talk to a girl. Go buy Balenciaga. Go buy. I never have to push that. Nike, shit company right now. If inflation goes up and consumers have less to spend, it won't be a great stock. I don't want to keep talking about the same seven to eight companies, but there is a reason why. So I'm going to be honest and say we have to move faster because when I woke up and saw that Charlemagne and Drake post, I saw thousands of comments of commentary and people write think pieces and you're not monetizing and making no money. <laughs> you're obsessed with me, bro. <laughs> hey, bro. I mean, but once again, that's their personal thing that they have going on. But why is that? Time. Why is, but why is everybody commenting so much? Yeah, why is life? that a headline? Why is that a headline of trending topic? Hey, well, what can you do? Um, Aaron's going to court tomorrow. Let's talk about that. Yes.
<laughs> like, let's talk about that. I mean, we could just, it's human species. Is it always meant for a select group of people to have knowledge, wisdom, and understanding and then the, the masses of people just to be ignorant? That's how, that's how it always has been throughout human civilization. So yeah. I think that you might get frustrated when you're trying to uplift the masses and, and make them enlightened. They don't want to be enlightened. If that's vast point. majority of people, if if 100,000 people watch Market Mondays, those are the 100,000 people that want to get enlightened. If a million, if a 3 million people is going to watch academics talking about Chicago Drill and Drake and and um, whoever, Beef, whatever, Charlemagne, then it's hard to really advocate for those 3 million people because they're making conscious decisions. Mm. You could say now they're not educated enough to even make a decision, but at a certain point, it's hard to it's it's getting increasingly hard, mm -hmm. hard to make that argument because there's so much access to information. There wasn't always access to information yep. back previously. It was it was That's illegal to read. Difference. Previously, yep. information was hidden. You didn't even have an opportunity to be educated, so mm -hmm. you you were purposely left ignorant. Now it's it's becoming increasingly difficult to have yeah. that same level of empathy for adults because. Mm -hmm. At some point, you see something on social media, and you decide not to watch it. You see some, you you, it's somebody's giving you some level of information. At some point, everybody at this point, and, of every and you're, race. you're making a decision to be like, nah, that's not for me. Yeah, yeah. The the access to information, the barriers are, are so low at this point that it is a conscious decision that you're making to not be educated. Straight up, there's there. I don't know how many entrepreneurs that we've spoken to who have become successful who, who haven't said. I watch YouTube TV prior to, but prior to earn your leisure, right? I watched YouTube TV. I did this. I for free, for free to for do free. just to learn. I, I just happened to watch it or I could watch bad bunnies video. Shout out to Benito. Shout out to him. <laughs> I ain't knocking him. We got a bunch of billion viewed videos, but like, yeah, these are choices we're making them. Yeah. At what, at what point, what age do you think we should make the cutoff from being entertained to learning to make our lives better? It's difficult. What would you tell your son? Let's say that. I mean, you got to understand a certain level. It's hard to, to for me personally, I, I was, I never, I was always on that my whole entire life. I always was on, I, I was, yeah. I always obviously listen to music. I listen, I'm in the culture. So I don't, I'm not like a, you know, a monk, but I was always, I always had a more serious demeanor since I was young. Yeah. I always was on that type of time. Like I read Rich Dad Poor Dad when I was 17, 18 years old. Like yeah. that was like a whole, you know, Bible for me, as far as education is concerned, that's probably like what a lot of 50 year olds don't know. But even before that, I was always interested. I was interested in, in stocks. I was interested in business. I, you know, it's, you know, that somebody's making money. Mm -hmm. That's how I always look at it. Like somebody's making mm -hmm. money. So I'm, I'm interested to know who's making money and then how can I make money? So to answer your question, it's difficult. I, I think, you know, because you can't have those same level of expectations for kids. Yeah. But I I think there's a intersection. I think what makes us unique, and I think it's what's made us unique since we were younger, was that we were able to find information inside of the entertainment. I think we had this yeah, ability. It's there. To, yeah. I think we had the ability to decode some of the messages. I think we were able to break down and have, you know, a common understanding when it came to music. Uh, especially when it came to sports, it was yes, this is entertainment, but yes, this is business. Why do you get this contract? Who's his uh, Who's his advisor? Who's his agent? Like those are the kind of conversations that we were having 
on top of having the ones that obviously in the barbershop, you know, when you're in school. So you can't alienate them from it because there's lessons to be learned inside of it. We had a conversation with, with Lauren and she was talking about Roblox. I'm like, there's an intersection there. And we've said this yeah. plenty of times. Yes, kids enjoy it. Let's meet them where they're at. Let's tell them that this is a publicly traded company. So it's just about finding the intersections. I don't think we can cut off the age and say, you know what? At 13, you're no longer watching this. Can you put time restrictions on some of it? Yeah. Can you incorporate education inside of some of it? Of course. And then you're going to have the real world experiences that you can provide for them as well. So I think yeah. it's a mixture. I don't think it's a cutoff because had that been cut off for, for me or and I could maybe I could speak for him as well. I don't know where we would be without music. I don't know where we would be without sports. I mean, I just say, and this is the last thing I'll say about this. I just don't understand how you don't want to just take your life serious. And like I say, even for me, it wasn't like I was in business my whole life when I was playing basketball. Like that's what I was doing all, all day. I was going to, I was trying to better myself because I felt like that was a pathway to me. The way I, I, yep. I never, I never was a gamer. Not to, not to knock sure, that, sure, but I'm sure. just saying that's not what I was doing. I was never a gamer. <laughs> I was never somebody that was just smoking weed. Like I, I, of course you get introduced to that and that's a decision that's easy to make but i was always serious like i always was serious about my life like i want to do something i want i want to just be a regular person i want to be a special person so i i don't understand how you can just have so much complacency it's just it's it's difficult for me to to comprehend because it's just so much serious stuff that's going on like i said no matter what you want to do like whatever you want to do with your life you only get one shot at it. Yeah. So why why would you not take it serious? Like why would you get an opportunity to breathe every single day? That's a blessing. Is that like, the defense mechanism that kicks in? All right. If I if I pretend that it's not happening, if I ignore yep, it, that's what it is. And it's not happening because my life is there's so much real happening in my life that I need to be distracted by the realness of it. No, nah, I mean, you feel I, like it's a defense mechanism. I don't know if it's a defense mechanism. I just think that it's just a it's a thing where people don't have that same level of urgency. Like I said, if you look at it from a standpoint of like, it's a blessing. You're actually blessed to be able to to walk, stand up and breathe. That's a blessing. There's a lot of people that, that, that are incarcerated. There's a lot of people that's dead. There's a lot of people that aren't physically able to, to even operate or mentally able to operate. So if you have a sound mind and a sound body, that's that's a blessing. I, don't, I think it's disrespectful to just take that blessing and just do nothing with your life. Or do minimal amount. Everybody, everybody has the ability to be great in certain areas. So you could be the best carpenter. You could be the best investor. Like they said, he's the master investor. What is he going to say? The average investor. Like why would you, you know, say want to be any strive other? for? It. Yeah. yeah. Why would you? Why would you strive for mediocrity? Like we say, we're the biggest. What are we supposed to say? We're the smallest. Like people get offended. They're like, oh, they they saying they arrogant. They saying he's big or he's arrogant. He's saying he's the master investor. Like, well, what what are you saying? You're you're the best in. You and, why, and why weren't you putting out the information before I did it? They drugged me online. They didn't want to be show my face on camera. They're like, no, you got to like, if you're going to do a YouTube show, you got to like put up the camera. You should have made two tech in index. Go, never show your face. Be like Ghostface Killer. Hey, I don't know. I'm going to go get all the masks last year. <laughs> no mask. you know, but, but, a lot, but it's like, even when I put up that post, shout out uh, to my guy Zo. I was like, yo, stay inside for two years. That's a small sacrifice. Like when I asked Kyrie, like, how long were you playing to get to the league? He like, bro, I, what you mean? Every day since eight. That's what I dreamed about. When I met Kyrie, he was doing trooper threat in front of me. And I'm like, I ain't playing. I ain't nutso from a butter rim. You got me. I can't hurt you. <laughs> yeah, that nutso. <laughs> <laughs> but it shows the level of passion. And the thing that we're really trying to convey is like, you have to have passion for something 
every day. You have to get after it. Even when we traveling around, these are still our talks. Yeah. You get one life, you choose. And this is what I will say for everybody who goes outside all the time, who parties a lot, and y'all, like, I'm seeing a bunch of people looking like they're happy when they're out. When I see you in real life, you look miserable. It's better to have the real life that you're really happy about when you don't got to post than to pretend like you're posting for somebody else's media. And I'm telling you like this, the media that you're posting on don't make that much money for the people who own the media. The last thing I want to say about this, because you brought up a, a good point, and I've been meaning to talk about this for a while because we spend a lot of time in Atlanta and we go out all the time. But I think I know what you're going to say. A celebration is meant to celebrate something. So when Drake said drinking every night because we drink to my accomplishments, there's some level of truth to that, right? He actually yeah. has something that he can actually celebrate every single night because he's worked hard enough to put himself in a position financially where it's not hurting him. And then also he's, he's earned his leisure on that certain level. How many black businesses do we need for nightclubs? And we're not even owning the nightclubs or bars or hookah lounges. And how many parties can we have? Yeah. Right? How, how many? Like it, It's every single day. It's a variety of different um, options to, to celebrate. And this is globally. When we went to Lagos, Nigeria, when we went to uh, Jamaica, black people party at unprecedented levels. This might go back to a thing of like suppressing the pain because yeah. you, you know that financially, globally, mm -hmm. we're in the last place globally. So everybody's not rich. Everybody that's buying these bottles is, can't afford these bottles. So is it a thing of just saying like, I'm just going to just have fun in this moment because I know when I wake up tomorrow, it's back to, you know, mm -hmm. the pain. That's a lot of it. But yeah, that's what I, at some point we got it like, and like I said, I have fun. I go to clubs all the time, but I'm just seeing a pattern with this where this has become an industry. Once again, going back, we don't even own the clubs. It wouldn't even be that bad if we actually had real ownership. We don't even own these nightclubs. We're yeah. just promoters. We're party promoters. And we're, the people that's really getting rich off of this are the liquor companies, which we have no we own. ownership in. Yeah, they won't let us own. We heard Diddy talk about that. And the owners of the nightclubs, which 90% of the people that own these physical buildings and structures are not black people. Yeah. So, and even the people that rent the clubs are not black people. Only the black people in, in this equation are the customers, the bottle service girls and security and the promoters. That's it. That's, that's, that's the ecosystem of this. Strip clubs, lounges, hookah lounges, bars. It, it, it's consuming, it's consuming a, a decadent lifestyle at an extremely high level that's extremely unproductive. Champagne for the pain. And it's every it's everywhere that we go. Like I said, this is Good not point, just America. Right. We went to Lagos. Mm -hmm. That's all we did was party. And they told me 40% of the nightclubs were owned by people from Beirut. Mm-hmm. Was it Beirut or Lebanon? I think Lebanon. I think Beirut is in Lebanon. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, yes, yes. so the Lebanese owned the nightclub industry and the hospitality industry and in Lagos. Whole other country. You can't even control your own industry in in a black country. We're not doing I, it in black city. I keep saying our music culture, when we scream all that for the culture, shit, not our culture either. Name me nine black music executives that run anything. Tough, even with yo Adam of Vulture, Vlad of Vulture. How they vulture in their own culture? Most of the people who do the negative responses to stuff are not black. Champagne yeah. for the pain, champagne, champagne for the pain, pain. weed for the low. 
All right. Well, we do that a lot real quick and get back to stocks because I know that in comments are like stocks. We didn't come here for y'all. You want to do that live or QQQ? Let's do that. Let's do the trend line uh, that's about to break. Let's do QQQ. Yeah, let's do that. A technology sector, the NASDAQ. Let's talk about that, Ian. There's a, there's a trend line that's about to break for QQQ. Yeah. Should there be a sign of concern for the NASDAQ and all our, our, our tech junkies out there? Um, I would definitely, I wouldn't be concerned heavily yet, but this is a level that is key. Um, I'm not looking to buy QQQ until it gets to like 340. Anyway, it's at 357 right now. If we break underneath there, there's no positive news change and insight on the rates. Um, I'm not, let me just read off a few that, that I think are like really important. Um, interest rates of course are key. If he signals that we're going to raise, they're going to raise again. I'll be worried about that. Student loan payment resumption is on my mind. The UAW strike is key. And if that doesn't get fixed soon, and then we got the government shutdown. Now, the government shutdown is not the biggest thing that will have the greatest impact on the government. This happened in 2012 to 2011. That usually comes to um, a head and gets fixed. But in combination with that, with recent IPOs failing, which venture capital firms are not doing as well, uh, private equity is slowing down. I mean, we hit a trillion dollars extra in debt, I think, in four or five months. We're from 32 to 33 trillion, like it's nothing. 25% of all of the money for the GDP is going out. And then most of the companies in the QQQ um, are not amazing. So I think they need to take some out and replace them with others or just lessen how many are in that Invesco key trust. So I'm not looking until 340 to buy, but if it slips underneath 340, that's when I'll start to get worried. But this level is the same level that we hit two years ago and then slid down as a result. So that's why it's a key level. Got it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. All yep. right, it's been been uh real. It's, it's been, been a real, real, real honest episode. Yeah, doesn't need it. Well, sometimes you gotta have that conversations with the family. Yeah, yeah. I've made you money. Please put yes in chat. Yeah, and, and, and for the record, I'm glad you said that. I say I'm the greatest investor of the generation because I help the most of us make the most money. Now I'm gonna put a bullet on his name. <clears throat> If anyone has outperformed me in that era for free, please put in chat who. And it's not a shot for anybody. I rock with Trap. That's my guy. If me and Trap ever have any issues, it'll always be my fault. So y'all can quit with whatever narrative that there's some issue. It ain't no issue. Trap my dog in real life. But for anybody else black, who has helped more people make more money for free? <laughs> I shouldn't have to do all this performative shit and get better on camera and study every podcast and just to make people take the information. Quick, Charlemagne called me six weeks ago, and I, I don't want to say too much, but either we are going to have to collectively move faster, or I'm going to have to go to other countries and other people and give them the information. What we want to do. Choice is yours. The choice is yours. Shout out to Kellen. Shout out to Kathy. You pick. Even with that, and for the one little person who's been sneak distances, I've been staged on Kat with Kathy. Why can't you get on stage with her? Mike, you can ISO to me. If you get out your mom's basement, <laughs> this is the performative part written by 85 South, Carlos, <laughs> Chad, and, and Chico. You're okay? still sleeping in the basement of your mother's house. <laughs> Bro, stop hating. Because if I don't get through the door with the however many hundred thousand people I didn't help, you're not going to get in the door. It's a bigger fight. And also, this is the part that kills me. If you actually can invest and you're making money from investing, 
how am I your competition? I shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It tells me and signals to me that you're not making money. And because you're not making money, you want to use the media to make money. People that can actually invest in trade never have an issue with it. I said this before. Josh Brown, Bonwin, Ben Carlson, Mike Novogratz, Kathy Woods. Don Peebles came on Market Mondays last year and gave y'all a gem, but y'all still reacted heavier to Floyd's chain than you did the five cities you should invest in. And then also and another thing about the Don Peebles thing, before I forget, um, humility. You got to just be understand, just shut up and just listen to, listen to when billionaires talk. That's just if facts. You, listen to when billionaires talk. Like we put a post up yesterday about um, he, he said the five cities to invest in. It's actually tremendous that he would even say that because most people wouldn't even wouldn't even it. say it he said the five cities and he gave insight on why the five cities and in the comments there's all kinds of well all those cities are racist <laughs> what city in america is not racist but then there's one person in particular who says um <laughs> this is terrible this is terrible advice um these aren't cities that uh new investors should be focused on there's a whole williams i i come i said look he's a billionaire from real estate and he's giving advice on real estate and you are telling a billionaire that is giving terrible advice. That's the actual that's problem. Crazy. That, that's crazy. And he's so, actually investing in the cities. That's social media in a, in a, in a, in a nutshell. Everybody, every, the level of audacity, you probably have $2,000 in your bank account. And you're telling somebody that's worth upwards of $1 billion that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yep. That goes back to pride and ego. Have humility to just shut up, listen to the information, and then and act on the information. That's it. So when you're talking to a Don, do you have respect like you're talking to your mom? It's not always done. Everything is not. We're in an age of reaction. I get it. So everything that is done, okay, uh, you put NBA Young Boy song. Oh, that song's terrible. And it's, it's, it's a reaction culture. But this ain't this ain't a game. It's real life. That's, that's the only thing about this this type of content. This, this isn't a game. Yeah. So there's no need for your reactions. The money's already made and it's going to be made more. So you can twiddle your thumbs and do all stupid comments and reactions if you want. But that's not going to help you. At you're still, all. You're still you're still not going to be helped by it. So you can you can comment on a variety of things and give different commentary on Oh, why does his hat look like this? And Rich Paul doesn't know what he's talking about. He only got put on by LeBron. Well, he's up three hundred million. What are you up? He negotiated them a billion dollars in contracts. Two point two billion. My my bad. Thought like two point two. Too many and counting. Not enough assets. And counting. Everybody's a critic, but on a Rich Paul thing, if you want to gain some real life information because you tune in to earn your leisure tomorrow at one o'clock where we interview rich paul who has the number one sports agency in the world right now clutch sports basketball and football and you should also tune in so you can watch one of the greatest businessmen of our era and definitely of our culture That's junior cool. bridgman yes who um is was the largest franchisee of wendy's and chilies oh they, he's selling poison uh-oh listen man Listen, man. You going on FanDuel right after this? You going on FanDuel? You drinking a Prime Energy drink, which they just classified as like crazy amount. Yes, just too much liquid crack. Yeah, you about to you about to drinking Prime Energy. You you about to go to McDonald's and you playing FanDuel? Relax.
Um, get the information. Get the money line. Get the information, <laughs> and just and just relax. Just yeah. chill out, man. Yeah, yeah. I know do, that's do, do, do you think the show would be more successful if we just ghost wrote it and let three white boys do it? Let me call Portnoy. Schultz, what's up, man? <laughs> if it was Schultz, Portnoy, and let's throw on somebody else. Where's Portnoy? Oh, I'll be happy. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> what can you do? No, I love y'all. I, I appreciate y'all. I hope you guys enjoy the entertainment. I really don't be bothered. I'm not arrogant. Um, Y'all just wasn't talking shit in the beginning. Then I had to reply. But I yeah. want to know who has helped more black people in this space. And, I, and if so, I will look to get better and give us more gains. If I made you money, please put yes in chat. Be a lot of shit to be copied. I don't see them yeses in all the shows. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's been real. It is another marvelous Monday. It is the last Monday of the month. Uh, it is also our brother T.I.'s birthday. Happy birthday to Ciao, T.I. Man. Shout out to my brother Tip, man. And I think Jeezy's birthday is coming up too. Shout out to him. If you're planning your Halloween costume slash party, <laughs> I knew you was gonna do this. And and you don't have your business plan for 2024 yet, that's a problem. That's a problem. You're late. You might be late. They priorities. probably they're probably ready. It's yeah. A, life is about priorities. You have to have balance. So I'm not telling you not to do that. But what's more important? If you're so if you're number one, if you if, if you already planned for Beyonce's next tour that she didn't even announce yet, and you have a Beyonce fund to save money to not only buy a ticket, but to buy an outfit and to buy travel transportation to go to the said city that she will be performing in, and you don't own a home, that's a problem. Happy birthday to Daniel. I appreciate you. But no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's true. <laughs> Let me tell you. If the commentary was important and the media cycles, because I can, we probably, we have one of the most popular investment shows in the world. Troy, when was the last time I asked you for any money from the YouTube channel? I didn't even ask for it in 10 months. (laughs) She's like, we're supposed to get to be enough. The money's not in the media, but they keep, but notice all the big players are driving our culture there to build their valuations up. Going back to what she talked about earlier, they'll use us, Twitter will use us. Now, now black people built Twitter and now you got to pay for X to even be on in a couple months. Let's pay it. Ta, that's the other rent. You think the rent too damn high here. Wait till they start charging rent for the social media. You still can't reach everybody. Crazy. But gotcha. what Shout out to Spill. Rants and gyms. All right. It's been real, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. Y'all be safe. Um, love each other. Reach out. Yes. Hit somebody up. Um, and uh, traveling mercies to everybody that that's traveling this week. Love, love is love. Yeah. Peace. Safe.